This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> Put on these glasses. Let's start eating that trash can. You maniacs! What is a man? When we are successful, we will be. We have a real chance at this. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. Today we are going to talk about a rather serious topic, the future. What does the future hold? Today we are going to make some predictions. Maybe someday man will look back on such predictions. The year, as you know, is 1945. 100 years from now, it will be 2045. It is difficult to imagine the state of the world in 100 years. As we have seen before, the world has changed drastically in the past 100 years. Just 100 years ago, in the year 1845, the concept of self-powered flying machines seemed as ridiculous an idea as ever to many. Through this great industrial revolution, the world has seen more change than ever before. Keep this in mind as we go over our predictions for the next 100 years. In 100 years, I predict that man will have stepped foot on other celestial bodies, such as the moon and the planet Mars. In 100 years, I predict that the average man will get his news and entertainment from a variety of sources. Big companies will no longer have a monopoly on the news and entertainment people enjoy. I predict that in 100 years, cars will no longer be constrained to the ground. They will have the ability to fly in the air at will and the energy that powers the cars will come from the sun. In 100 years, I predict that television sets will get increasingly smaller. I predict that television sets will shrink to the point that they can fit on our wristwatches. I think that in 100 years, there will be film cameras at every street corner. They will be put in place in the name of our safety, but our freedoms will increasingly vanish. We will trade our freedom for safety. We will allow our rights to be eroded because the authorities tell us it will keep our children safe. Now, remember, these are only predictions, not prophecy. Maybe someday a future man will look back on them. Good day. Future's black and white, so be sure to bring your own 3D glasses. And this is episode 73 of Behind the Schemes for November 29th, 2021. And I am Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman in the Miniocalypse. And coming all the way from way the hell over here on the Bereft Coast where it's quiet. A little too quiet. <laughs> My name is Lavish. And this is Quirkess, and I am sipping sweet pineapple cider and slipping into the Monday Eve streams. Happy to be with you. 
How's that pineapple cider? That sounds delicious. Oh, and it's by Ace. It it is mighty tasty. It's all the way mm. from California, Californicated. Yes, it's so good. No sugar added, but yummy by Ace. Yeah, Ace is uh, so kind of sweet. the standard cider mm-hmm. that you find around California, at least in my part of the world. It's like the most common. Yeah, but the pineapple. Uh, but it's really one. good. Hmm. <laughs> mm. Delicioso. I do like a good cider. I had a, a few of them yesterday myself, and I'm still feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Those ciders, they can get you. Yeah, I uh, I had two. Uh, oh God, it's like it's like Zombie Hunter or something. It's a brewery outside <laughs> of uh, brewery Detroit a Meadery, and uh, mm. I had two. And then I was like, you know what? I'm feeling frosty enough to walk 45 minutes to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and frosty, you most likely were by the time you got there. It, what was the weather you know, like? It was a, it was a little colder and a little farther than I thought it yeah. was, but I still made it. You know, it was a good walk time. it off. Walk it off. You walked it off. Oh yeah. That's good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, uh-huh. let's uh, stay frosty. Since we have such a fat <laughs> stack of uh, freaks of hazards, we should just go ahead and get into this tarot card for tonight. Um, Absolutely. Yes. So it we will had, be divine. Yes, go ahead. We had the King of Swords last week, and now the Queen of Cups graces our presence. Mm, the Queen of Cups. Nice. And her keywords are virtue, femininity, vision, spirituality, intuition, insight, nurturing, fertility, creativity, success, and power. Uh, this card depicts, and uh, sorry, this is from the Line Strider deck. It depicts the queen who rules the emotional world as well as delivers compassion, love, and concern. She is a beautiful, introverted woman who, uh, cossets a cup in her hands. I, I assume they mean holds. The cup is covered and contains a fish, a symbol of spirit and creativity. The closed cup represents that the queen's thoughts originate in herself, not the outer world. Her aquatic companions in the starfish crown are symbols of the unconscious, creativity, affection, spirit, and emotion. The act of gently lifting the cup represents an experienced person with a gentle appearance, calm speech, and moderation. However, inside this person is a sea of emotions, deep and immense. This person always stands for the weak and oppressed people and follows the call of heaven. This person is usually introverted with idealistic tendencies and has the ability to understand people's emotions and moods naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an emotional card, uh, yeah. the cups being typically a sign of emotion and the queen being a dominant force, but one of also a nurturing spirit or of a um, fertile sort of uh, energy, a uh, very feminine energy. But um, it is. But strong. let me read you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead, Corcus. I didn't mean to cut you off. It's okay. So, in my book, in my deck book, it's represented as the empath. Which, let me just tell you, I don't know if you guys ever felt like you or are an empath. I most definitely am. And uh, it's described as, to sum it up, active imagination, empathetic qualities, dreamy and love-filled, soft and nurturing, an encouraging and understanding personality, excellent advice, the mother who understands everyone's problems and never takes sides, deep understanding, what a fantastic card to get tonight. Nice draw. Nice draw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I think it pairs well with the King of Swords that we had for uh, Larry last week. Mm. 
I have to agree with that. And it is no surprise that we drew, that you drew that because yeah, fucking Larry. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking Larry. Thanks again to Larry for coming on last week. Larry from That Larry Show and from Planet Rage. There you go check him out any, any day of yes. the week. Oh, yes. He shall return. Mm-hmm. He'll, re- he'll return before long. You'll see. <laughs> Just you wait. Sir, Sir Seat Sitter was already texting me during that episode. He's like, this is great. When do we get him back? <laughs> we get him back. We get him back. <laughs> now, that's some pretty positive feedback. Just, I want to return. It's not over yet. But I still want to return. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll just Righteous. Roll straight into episode three after we do two next time. <clears throat> yeah. Let's listen let's make dude, it. Let's see if we can um, finagle that like on a three, six, or nine day. Booberry, what do you think? What <laughs> do you guys think about that? Maybe, Maybe. we'll have to think mm. about. It. We'll have to we'll have to okay. do some, do some math right. and whatnot. Just throwing it out there. Think about it. And if you would like to check out this card, the Queen of Cups from the Line Strider deck. Again, this is a beautiful watercolor deck. It's posted in our show notes at zososcorner.substack.com. Z o s o s corner.substack. Dot com, and you can see that she's gently holding and lifting the cup up above her or to her face almost, and there's a splash of water that just looks so refreshing and somewhat mm. turbulent. You know that mm. water reads in two different directions. Yep, the old water sign. You can never, you can never be too careful with water sign. Two Am I right? Mm-hmm. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? You're, oh. you're right. Am I right? <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Right, Thanks for that. You're right. And you. That's what I like. You're always right. <laughs> the person that I would recommend is to listen to Lavish on the Behind the Schemes podcast. Yeah. We, good advice. Nice. <laughs> we, Sounds we, good. We do have a couple of freaks of hazards that I'd like uh, that we should shout out definitely for yes. tonight. Sweet freaks. Uh, and yes. you, you can find all of these mofos at irc.zeronode.net, hashtag green room, or you can go to our website, badradio.live, and click on that green room tab, and uh, it'll get you straight into the room. Uh, but or for, loveislit.com. Or loveislit.com, behind the schemes, sch3m3s.com. Mm-hmm. All of it. All of it will bring you to Bad us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 3m3s. On the schemes, my friends. Mm-hmm. Thirty-three. The magic Behind number. the shimshams. Behind the shemas. <laughs> and first and foremost, I'd like to thank Servo for bringing us. Uh, man, I was you know I was talking to Gal a little bit earlier today. I was like, you never stop being a sexy bot, okay? Just, just keep being rad. Mm-hmm. We have the sexiest bot. I don't know if you got the memo, but we have literally the sexiest bot. On the uh, Nogent IRC Zero Node Network. So if you want to come check it out, she'll tell you, uh, she'll draw cards for you. And she'll uh, also tell you uh, the biographies of, of great people. Uh, she'll do a lot of things. There's a lot of things that she's capable of. Good old gal. So thank you, Servo. Wouldn't be possible without the, the diligence and the brilliance of uh, Mr. Servo. Thank you, Servo. You are a great service. And and we'll just kind of go in order of everybody that reached out and helped produce this show this week, making them honorary freaks of hazards. Uh, the very first person that I would like to reach out and say thank you to is Chicky from Nappin.net, N-A-P-P-N.net. Woo! 
Hell yeah. Thank you, Chicky. Yes, so great to have her on North board. North American Paranormal uh, Psychic North and Paranormal and Psychic, psychic and Paranormal Network. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. She reached out to me uh, the day before Thanksgiving, or was it Thanksgiving? I can't remember. It was one of those two days. And uh, she asked if she had permission to list behind the schemes on their website, which is a whole slew yes. of esoterical and conspiracy-minded shows. Uh, they do uh, all sorts of chats during the weekend. I mean, they mm-hmm. got an open uh, open forum, uh, like an open mic night that anybody and everyone can join. I was in there Friday night yeah. hanging out. I was in there Sunday night, and as was a few others in this group here. Ducky mm-hmm. and Fletcher were there a little bit for a little while. So yeah, was I, was, I was talking to Ducky Friday night. Hell yeah. Nick the Rat was in there Saturday night, too, but I missed it. So, oh, oh man, yeah, I know he has Believe joined Chicky before. He has had Chicky, um, and it is pronounced hot H A U T E. She is also, um, a considered well, something of a an oracle. And I can vouch for her, I'd like to vouch for her. So, I am gonna kind of cut you off there a little bit, Booberry, because I have much experience chatting with her on Nap and Chat, which is a on Jitsi and. They do that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, afternoons and evenings. And she has something planned for each afternoon and evening of those weekend days. You can check all that out on NAPPN uh, dot, I believe, org. Dot and, net. Yeah, dot net. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Nappin dot net, NAPPN dot net. And she also has a podcast of her own. She's called The Rock Psychic. Check it out and see for yourself. It's a great community there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chicky, for joining us and, uh, well, taking us into the fold. And thank you for your courage. Mm. What a really cool thing. Thank you so much. What a super cool thing. I I, I very much look forward to participating in and hanging out with Fletcher and Nick the Rat and everybody in the the thing. It sounds cool. sounds fun. Chicky's all about love, 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 and she is fantastic. In every mm. possible way, I highly recommend you interact with her. And the yeah, well, uh, where's the hate chat though? Oh no, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Booberry. And the I think the thing that stood out to me the most is during our conversations, she brought up the very concept of federating these networks, uh, which is just something that really makes my old bones sing. I shouldn't <laughs> say old bones, but you know what I yes. mean. Yes, you love federatedness. Yeah, man. It rustles your jimmies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a he's a federalist. Sexy. <laughs> got to slap on those labels. The Ferrari. I know. I got to stop. You know, it was those damn Egyptians. They, they named everything. <laughs> Before them, it was a little easier. I know. I'm sorry. No, no. Don't be sorry. <sighs> I mean, it's fun. You got it. You got it. You gotta tickle the dragon just to see what fire you'll get. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds very expensive. I don't know if I can afford that, but I'd love to. I'd love to tickle a dragon. Yeah, sure. It'd be cool. <laughs> what I mean by that is, uh, poking the bear and, uh, seeing the kind of response that somebody attributing a label to somebody will get. Luckily, Blueberry is uh, <laughs> not here. easy to antagonize. <laughs> Come here, Dragon. Know, I'm going to catch you this time. <laughs> can I just get a little I'll bit, though, to just I'll get, get a little scratchy poo on that dragon? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Where on the dragon did I touch it? Oh, wait. Great. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, we're not going there. That is not I just want to pet a dragon. No, no. 
No, you don't. <laughs> I always get shut down. Never get to have any fun. <laughs> That's not true. You behave yourself. <laughs> or don't. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. All right. Well, thank you again, Chicky, for reaching Thanks, out. We uh, we were definitely excited to see where this goes to and uh, definitely look forward to chalk, it's a chalking, talking with you and everyone else that you got uh, over on your side of the Internet more. I think it's going to be a, a really good time. Really good time. <laughs> hmm. Coming in next, we had Bully Steed. She sent in $11 with a note. And I will preface this by saying we are considering alternatives. I'm not sure what that looks like yet, but it's there's going to be something. But the note says, please accept a humble donation for the threes of you. So great listening again to the Larry episode with Quirkus and Lavish and the Boo. Larry is already on my subscription. Uh, and please consider a P.O. box. I hate the PayPal. <laughs> Cheers, a.k.a. Bully Steed. Oh, thanks, Boule. Nice. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Yeah, well, Thank uh, you very much. I, I got the whole day off tomorrow, so I'll call around. Um, I know some P.O. boxes in some parts of the country are more expensive than others. Um, we'll, we'll figure out something and uh, stay in contact with you about it, because I know that there's some other folks that have been having the issues with the PayPal, and, well. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll get an address to send stuff to at some point. Hell yeah. It'll be, it'll be cool. We don't like giving money to big tech either. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always taking their piece of the pie. You know? Yeah. Um, so coming in next was, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try my damnedest to pronounce this. So we'll see how it goes, but Walsyolato, it's sent some motherfucking books to the us. The Odele Show. <laughs> Backwards. Yes. I mean, that Ole. works too. Odele. <laughs> Odele. <laughs> and uh, with his books, he sent in uh, an email. And you know, I really I really dig this writing style, and I'm excited to dig into the books. So I, I, I would like to share the whole note with y'all. It's a little on the long side, but I don't mind. Um. Dear Lavish and Booberry, as I have not tendered my soul in exchange for imperial providence, I follows <laughs> that I am a fairly penniless, penniless philosopher. So I don't really do cash, cash donations and must instead rely on in-kind value-for-value value offerings. So, drumroll please. In appreciation of the BTS horn section et al., I offer you all of the PDF... PDFs of my first four novels. If you insisted, I could send you hard copies, although I'm personally out of the most recent one. I have a single book-at-a-time perfect binder, but it's a bit of a chore, especially when my stack printer has gone to the boneyard. Usually I only do an in-house print run when I have a convention booth or some other signing event scheduled, but since I haven't published in a few years, I've really let the marketing aspect slide. The serial, uh, in parentheses, the first three books, are pretty bubblegummy. But they're still juicy. Please enjoy. The fourth one is a standalone and it's heavier. But I've always been perhaps most proud of it. Hope y'all like it. It's been a few years since I self-published any fiction because I went back to school for a few years. But there should be more to come sooner or later. Mm. How fucking dope is that? Very cool. Thank you for your contribution, sir. Yes. The Odeley Show. uh, Thank you. 
Corcus, after the show, I'll get you the uh, copies. I I had to thank you, thank I, you. I had a FileZilla and FTP files ah. transfer service uh, from the days of building the website still left over, so I was able to Excellent. pull that out of the closet and dust it off. Oh, muchas gracias. But, yeah, uh, if you it's hard like, to write books, and this guy wrote four of them. It's awesome. Hell yeah. And if you want to check out his work, those books, you can go to fusepowder, F-U-S-E powder.com slash WordPress or denverday.com. Denver is in Denver, Colorado. Denver Day. That is correct. That is most correct. Nice. Well, thank you for the novel. I, I look forward to peeking into them and checking them out. As do I. Yeah. Now, uh, I do want to give a special shout out and thank you to both Darren O and Fletcher and Sir Spencer. Um, Darren O and Fletcher have spent some time, uh, working with me trying to get the Motu set up. And we made a little bit of progress, but I still got a ways to go. And the reason I wanted to say thank you to Sir Spencer is I was going to get up with him, but then I had a couple of ciders. I was like, I think I'm going to walk to the bar. <laughs> Mm. But uh, it'd been a while, and I was like, I just want to get out of the house. I'm tired of looking at this computer. Man, sometimes you just gotta walk to the bar. It's a, it's, a, it's a tradition as old as time. Hmm. And uh, so hopefully that'll be kind of getting dialed in over the next week or so. Uh, I'm gonna take a big chunk of my day tomorrow and really crack down on it and see what I can make happen. Mm. I can at least make a, a clean feed call. I can do that much. And everything else, still very much in the air. Yeah, it's a work in You'll progress. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot to learn, but you will master it eventually. Just keep at it. We will conquer this Motu. We will make it work. <laughs> conquer this Motu mofo. <laughs> it's mofo Motu. Uh-huh. Now, I would like to bring a new segment to the show. We're going to call this segment the Lavish Creams Minute. Oh. Oh. This will be good. And the Lavish. Lavish Creams Minute. Okay. If you can just keep an eye out in the chats and keep an eye out for the uh, the link that's about to drop in there. It oh, should be boy. Coming. I better have a drink. Oh, yeah. This is, this is going to be this good. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. What the fuck is this? Oh, yeah. That's a thing. Oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> oh, Are you creaming? I just creamed. <laughs> that, that is, is so hot. Fucking sick! It's so good. <laughs> this that looks phenomenal. Crazy motherfucker! Bags, bags, oh. bags. Yes. Oh my god! Mm. Looks good. Looks so good. He was That's the hot. artist that brought us the. Uh, if you checked into last week's show notes, he was the one that brought us the uh, Kiss Destroyer BTSified, right? And mm. I, I sent him an additional photo. And I was like, "Hey, you know, I've been chewing at this uh, Ramones photo where they're standing in front of that communism tag and they got the thumbs down." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "What do you think you could do with this?" and <laughs> <laughs> well, we're looking at it. Goodness gracious, that is absolutely gorgeous. It is uh It truly is. It is the 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 Ramones standing in front of the classic Ramones yeah. symbol. 
But <laughs> instead of the instead of their names wrapped around the uh, eagle, it's yes. it says lavish, corcus, and booberry. And it's got all four hormones. They're all punk and fucking thumbs down, man. Oh, yeah. The power of punk in <laughs> the Fuck green cameras. room behind the schemes. Oh, yes. You're coming for your mommy. Right? This is right, lit. Blitz? lit. It's lit art. And I like how they have kind of the, the yeah. 3D glasses textures going yeah. on. Yeah. And just these splashes of like rad color. In various yeah. points of the art, too. Bags, you have outdone yourself once again. Thank you, Bags. That's phenomenal. Oh, thank you for your contribution. Looks so good. Ramones, powered by Jesus. punk. We're powered by punk. Powered by punk. That's a- uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Uh, I'm going to blast uh, Live 72. Uh, was it? It's Alive. It's Alive is one of the greatest live records of all time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be listening to that tonight. This is absolutely, yeah, you're right. I'm creaming. You got me. I, I, you knew it. I knew it. We all knew it. I'm creaming. Fuck. You got me. If you would like to see all the other amazing artwork that Bags does for other podcasts like uh, Abs in a Six Pack or Our Big Dumb Mouth, head over to Instagram.com slash Bags Draws, B-A-G-S-D-R-A-W-S. Yeah. That's a great name, too, Bags. It's, mm-hmm. it's so easy to remember. It's fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. Thank you, Bags. <sighs> yes, it is. Short and, and sweet. I think that... uh Oh, and Metis. <laughs> Metis was actually technically the last person to come through because he was talking to me about how to fix our stream drop issue, and he gave me the idea that if I just record 20 minutes of silence or 20 seconds of silence and upload it to the stream, instead of having the live listeners have their ears blown out when our stream drops, now they're just going to hear silence, and I hope mm. that works. <laughs> Metis is an engineer. It is his job to solve these kinds of problems. So thank you, Muse. He is also an engineer of the universe, not just of the streams. Indeed. Well, there's one in, one in the same. <laughs> Back said, I got to wash my hands now. So creamy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Well, don't be so dreamy, bro. Ah, nice. Nice pickup there. <laughs> <laughs> and all of these people come out and help Support this show through the value for value modeled, uh, perfected by no agenda with Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. That means we put out a bunch of content and we have all sorts of people return the value with, I mean, we had books, we had art, we had tips and tricks, we had monetary donations, we got listed on another, uh, Network, there's so many different ways to help produce any of these podcasts featured on the No Agenda stream. Reach out and touch one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reach out and leave a screen mail, too, while you're at it. Oh, we don't want to jump the gun. I don't jump the gun. <laughs> I'm just encouraging. Can never encourage enough. This plant that seed. Plant those seeds. Come on. Encouragement is key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nurture that. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 because of freaks of hazards like this that uh, make the show just that much more fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's right. 
it wouldn't be possible without producers like you. It is so thank like you. you. Thank you, yes, producers and contributors. You are greatly appreciated. <laughs> you don't want to be like that guy over there. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. <laughs> and, and you uh, can't spell New World Order without N-W-O. This is true. Yeah. And uh, last but not least, uh, we are streaming sets. I've kind of been away from that side of the podcasting 2.0 features, but things are finally starting to calm down a little more, so I'm going to get... Uh, get myself caught up to speed on what's been going on. But if you want to get in on that action, any of these new podcasting 2.0 apps, head over to newpodcastapps.com and download yourself a new uh, new app tonight. Mm-hmm. And, app yourself. Yeah, app, go app yourself, bro. <laughs> yeah. Booberry, which one has uh, been most effective or useful for you? Have you tried? Because I still haven't tried any uh, from uh, new podcast apps. I like Fountain and... Okay. I like Overcast. I wish they had the sat streaming going. Okay. Oh, Overcast. I know you've taken some uh, a plethora of clips with mm-hmm. Overcast, and those have been great clips. Um, you know, really yeah. uh, Fountain, helpful. They, they're still definitely ironing out kinks, um, mm-hmm. but they're pretty responsive. If you have an issue, uh, you can always reach out. Um, I do like CurioCaster too. CurioCaster has a nice Curio-caster. UI. I do hear good things about CurioCaster. I think that will be the one I try first. Oh, yeah. And because I'm using AntennaPod right now, and I think I'd like to switch. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. We, we can talk a little later about um, if you want to get some sats set up for that, we can go through Strike. It's all a fairly straightforward, easy process. You can drop in 10 bucks and go to town on a podcast. Mm. And if you want to go to town on a podcast, it sounds like this. Boost me. Oh, yes. Boost me. Boost me, bitch. Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore, and uh, end of story. We told you who was behind the schemes, but you'll never know who's behind the screens. Call our creep phone now and leave a screen mail. We'll play it on the show. 612-263-SEXY. 612263 That's 612 Lavish. Yes. Tell them what that number is. I will. The phone number that you want to call is 612-263-7999. That's sexy. S-X-X-Y. 612-263-7999. Please call us. Please. We are. <laughs> Mecca, Mecca, high. We are. We are. We are desperate to hear your screams, <laughs> to hear your dreams, to hear your creams. <laughs> Whatever you have, we'll take it. You know, funny. We desire to experience your presence forthwith. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, or you can just like ask us a question or something, whatever. Yeah, just give us a call. It's cool. Seven six one two two six three seven nine nine nine. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, definitely the easiest way to get involved with the show. You just call that number and leave a message. Um, and uh, it looks like just based off of the transcription here, I've got an assignment set up. So I think I'm ready. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen because we don't pre-screen any of these. And yeah, we're just going with it. Whatever it is. 
We're doing it. And here's our first one for tonight. Bing! Booberry, cue up female body inspector clip. Bing! All right, got a joke for you. All right, this lady, car's not working, goes to the mechanic. <sighs> She's broke as a joke. Mechanic says, look, this is going to cost you at least $200. I, I can't afford it. Is there anything we can do? Think for a minute. Ma'am, I, I've got to tell you, you've got the prettiest titties I have seen in my life. Uh, I would give you $200 if you let me kiss on one of them. Long pause, big sigh. Fine. Unbuttons her blouse, pulls them out, you know. He gets looking at them real close. He grabs one of them. He's just dang, right up in there looking at it. Well, go ahead. Kiss it. <laughs> Ma'am, I'd love to, but I don't have $200. And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three. Email body inspector. <laughs> Got him. God. Got him. Jesus. <laughs> like a big. <laughs> Back, caller, back. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. We've lost them. Podcaster down. Podcaster down. Uh, (laughs) We'll go with the next one That was a scream. That's that a, qualifies as a scream. Yeah, that, that is, yeah. That is, that is. That is very Satan-y. Oh, <laughs> man. I heard a couple of swears, and I, I think I got to yeah. zoom, enhance, rotate, spin that one. It is. Now that is a definitive scream mail, sir, but you need to calm the fuck down. No, 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 no. This is scream mail. You call him to scream. Thank you for your courage, caller. No, I only want it. Yeah, I want them to calm down so that they can work back up to an even shriller scream and (laughs) full of more obscenities. Bring it. You see, they have to work it back up because you're already peaked out. Then you've got nothing to give. Calm down and raise it up. Call in again. Scream our fucking heads off. We love it. Scream, scream, scream in the streams. Oh man. Well, we'll do a we'll do a triple threat for tonight. We'll we'll do one more and we'll save the rest for right before intermission. Well, which lavish lavish has done for tonight. So get excited about that. Um, here's our third one. No, I've never had beans with an alien. But I reckon I would. I'd share my beans with anyone. I took a mean pot of beans. The meanest of beans. But they're clean beans. You can trust that. Yep. If an alien wants to come down and share a pot of beans with me, I'd be fine with that, I reckon. I'd share beans with anybody, including you three. But especially you. Yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you. I can't wait to yeah, share beans you with are. you. Let's share beans and let's and let's make it good. Just it's finally time we get down and break beans together. 
just laying out, clear-ass night, looking up at the stars, the cold-ass grass on the hill behind us, and nothing but the mm. infinite expanse in front of us, and I reach over and I grab a can of pork and beans and I crack it open, mm. and I spoon-feed you that cold-ass can of pork and beans. <sighs> just like Mama <laughs> used to. Oh, oh, As the you, wolves howl in the distance. You, you got a you got a little dribble there. Let me get that. Oh, oh, yeah. oh god, I got so, you there. So hungry. Mm. <laughs> oh god. Thank you, caller. That was some bodacious beanery, and uh, we really appreciated hearing it all about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sounding like some clean beans. <laughs> so very good. Uh Oh man. Well, I think uh I think that wraps us on all of our business for tonight. Um mm. I love our business. Business is good. Business is good. Business is <laughs> We got some badass business uh, going on in the stream. How about uh how about we'll do a D twenty and Okay. The lowest roller wins this time, gets to go first. Oh, oh I like it. I'm so excited. I got a special D20 of my own today. I finally got a physical one. It's really oh, yeah. nice. It's sparkly and it's a sparkly midnight blue. It's like metallic midnight blue full mm. of sparkles. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. I got it at a local joint, local gamer joint called Games by James. Oh, really look great. at that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So sweet. Thank James. Yeah. Nice. So. Blue sparkly roll twenty, ready to rock. I hope it's We're not loaded. Rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> yeah, if it's loaded, <laughs> I don't think it Keep would work well. Keep these die rolling. <laughs> All right, you go first. You go first. All right, here we go. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's gonna be good. Don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> what are you giggling about now? I got a one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why wouldn't you, you fail successfully? Congratulations. Uh, nice. <laughs> Can I fail any harder? You are the alpha and the omega. We all know this. So you're going to get a one. All right. All right. But you're not right. the Omicron. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. You can't stop me. What are you going to do? All right. Here we go. Woo! I got a 10. A 10. Nice. I got right an 8. Right between the middle. Oh my goodness, did I come out on top with my number? It adds to one, neurologically. <laughs> I mean, I, I see what you did What if there. I won? What? You saw what it did there? What I did saw what do? you did there, but no. Nice. Well, All right, well, you're kicking us off tonight there, boobs. So, uh... I got a couple of things. We'll blow through the first two items that I brought to the table for tonight. Uh, I have a dream wrap up. If anybody was hanging out with me on Thanksgiving day in the green room, I was telling them about this weird ass dream that I had that basically I was in a hotel, wa- uh, hotel room watching this huge gang gunfight about to go down. I'm running outside because I'm super concerned for my friend whose car I see out there. And when I get out there, it's it's already past the the gunfight already happened and there's people running away and unfortunately there was the aftermath of victims laying on the ground, some were still living, some were not, and these 
uh, like one cop in an ambulance showed up and just started wrapping all these bodies up in, in trash bags. It was really bizarre because they also wrapped up the people that were still alive. So it was just this sort of like, you know, 30 people. Some of them were still squirming around on the ground, a very visceral dream. Well, lo and behold, I was, this was Friday and I was telling Chicky about this dream because I was curious what her take on it was. And I get a text from Spaz. And my sister was chiming in with this. And motherfucker, uh, there was a shooting at a mall that my sister almost went to, but she decided against it last second and totally missed it. Jesus. And I don't want to spend any time on these scumbags. I've... You know, it's just a bunch of fucking assholes. Just shit really pisses me off. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, and lo and behold, my friend and my sister both have the same name. So that was, uh, that was, uh, hmm. totally Very bizarre. bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Synchronicity right there. Has the, have the visuals stayed with you since you woke up from that dream? Oh yeah. Cause it feels like it's pretty visceral, that dream. Like, you were there. It, you were experiencing it. Is that how you felt? Because that's the way you're describing it. Yeah, I mean, I woke up <laughs> thinking, I have to remember <laughs> this. I don't want to, but yes. I'm going to have to. Uh-oh. What do you make of it? What's your interpretation of it? Or have you? are you still working on that? Um, we... There was a there was a couple of different interpretations. Sadly, mm-hmm. the, the ones from the Thanksgiving conversation, they've sort of faded. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, uh, Chicky's interpretation, because she was going through a dream website, Dream Moods, I believe it was called. Um, and she, one of the points that really kind of stuck out to me is, um, she was able to make a connection between the bodies and the bags and the trash bags specifically. She was able to make that connection to, the way family members have been separated from their family or friends during this COVID pandemic when they're not allowed to go visit them in the fucking hospital or, you know, not allowed to hold a funeral for, for people. It's just, you know, really, truly disgusting, disturbing shit. It's probably the one thing that really just pisses me off about all of this that has gone down, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, so you're really feeling it as as are we all, but now it's manifesting even in your dream state. So I, you know, I've I've got one extended family member that that happened to uh, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, there hasn't been anybody else. I'm not sure what my response would be if I was told that I couldn't go in to visit someone. Um, I don't think it would be pretty, and I don't want to honestly spend any time speculating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Understandable. I mean, that's a situation no one wants to be in, really. Right. It just feels like complete and total regression at that stage. Like, how is this even happening? This is not really happening. Reboot. (laughs) Please, hard reboot. So, um, another, (laughs) this one, this one's fun. Uh, someone in the nap and chat dropped a, or sorry, it was maybe one of the other IRC networks. Like, Maybe Rise on, I can't remember. But they dropped a uh, fun wombo.art uh, AI generator. And uh, someone has been 
punching in a bunch of Nick the Rat quotes and themes and uh, <clears throat> and posting nice. it to this website I'm getting ready to drop. If you want to check them all yep. out, they're either in the chat or it's in the tab that says Weird Art on the show notes. And then there's some really funny stuff in there. I was kind of playing around with some of the behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff. They were pretty wild. I also enjoyed that, and I believe it was Hayes in Stewart Chat that dropped it uh, Yeah, last week. Thank you. I don't know if you're listening, Hayes and uh, Sewer Chatters. Uh, that's Midnight Express. That refers to the channel on Ryzen Network. And Midnight Express is a channel devoted to Art Bell and fans and all of the fringe esoterica Art Bell used to describe. So, yeah, pretty wild stuff. I mean, it's uh, it's looking kind of uh, freaky and creepy, yeah. a lot of that art. And there's a lot of Trump Geiger art in here that's just fucking yes. wild. <laughs> I know it fantastic. is. <laughs> yeah, and there's not only you can see not only the Geiger um influences, but the Lovecraftian influences are pretty heavy too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Very, very cool art. So I I wanna I wanna play around with this. Uh <laughs> it was I maybe I, I'd have to go dig it. I, I might be able to find one of the ones I saved. Um it's somewhere. It's somewhere on this computer. But, uh, yeah, check it out. It's fun. Have a good time. Uh, tag us on uh, No Agenda Social uh, if you come up with anything cool. Or shoot us an email behind the schemes, sch3m3s at protonmail.com. Mm-hmm. I like this Christopher Walken art they've got here at the bottom. Yeah, that's one of my favorites, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that they ran that through. Have you guys played with Wombo.art? Because I haven't yet. I've no, o- I just this is the first time I've ever seen it. I've only mm-hmm. seen the uh where they do the like singing heads. So you take like Stalin and Lenin and you mash them up and you get them to sing Video Kill the Radio Star. Oh, oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Shit's pretty funny. <laughs> I think I saw somebody do that with Adam and John's head for something. Yeah, let the bodies hit the floor if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Video oh. Killed the Radio Star was the first um, video ever played on MTV, if I recall correctly. This is true. That's right. Mm-hmm. This Pretty is very wild. True. It was a well, good one. We should one. write a podcast it. called the Killed the TV Star. Wait, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what we should do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's our weird art segment. That's the dream wrap-up, and now we'll get into something a little more kooky. And also, you know what I haven't played in forever? It's What's this. That? It's this one. Cha cha. The mm-hmm. D.B. Cooper skyjacking case turns 50 years old this past week. Ding ding ding! Happy birthday, D.B. Cooper. Five oh. Yeah. Yep. This iconic time. This iconic case began on November 24th, 1971, when a largely nondescript man wearing dark sunglasses and wielding a briefcase boarded a normally routine flight from Seattle to Portland. Once in the air, he slipped a flight attendant a note stating that he had a bomb and, after showing her what appeared to be the explosive device, informed her that he wanted $200,000 in cash as well as four parachutes. And uh, I actually found a report, I believe this was an ABC report, I could be wrong, don't quote me on that, but uh, I'll hit you with this first clip. Where I am looked like it could be just about any river bank in Washington state, but this one wider than most, this is the Columbia River outside of Vancouver, Washington. And this is the one spot where they found physical evidence of where D.B. Cooper may have landed. 
This is one of few things we have on the suspect, a sketch. Largely the recollection of a flight attendant about a man in his mid-40s who slipped her a note saying he had a bomb on a Northwest Airlines flight from Portland to SeaTac Airport. His demand to hang on to the plane and the flight crew, have it refueled at SeaTac after the passengers got off, to be flown to Mexico along with four parachutes and $200,000 in cash. The plane took off, and over southwest Washington, he climbed down the extended rear stair that was unique to the 727, and at 10,000 feet, jumped. Nine years later, nearly $6,000 of the money was found on the river, a beach called Tina Bar. The FBI dug for more, but found no more money, no more physical evidence. So the uh, the FBI is all over this one. Um they uh, immediately okay. launched an exhaustive investigation into the case and set out searching for the skyjacker. Uh, and I didn't know this, but his he actually went by the name of Dan Cooper when he boarded the plane. However, the man was soon dubbed D.B. Cooper due to an error in initial media report that wound up being picked up by the wire services and, in turn, stuck to the suspect forever. So his name is really Dan Cooper. How dumb. Yeah, how's that for a fucking fact check? Fucking sucks. <laughs> fucking sucks. Media sucks. Golden age of fucking paper news media, my asshole. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, about five years later after this event, a young kid stumbled upon the bundle of money from the skyjacking on a remote beach in Vancouver. Um, the FBI continued trying to crack the case until finally announcing in 2016 that they were suspending their active investigations, but were willing to look at any new potential evidence that may come up in the future, um, as what happened in 2017. And, um, <laughs> I've been hearing a lot about armchair investigators as of late, whether it comes to like, uh, the quote unquote anti-vaxxers or this person that we're about to hear in this next clip, uh, if anybody has the misfortune of watching Tiger King season two, armchair <laughs> investigators are a central plot point. Mm-hmm. Pass. Very Hard important pass career right series. now. A lot, a lot of people doing that uh, God's work, I think, in, in the United States. <laughs> Stupid bastards don't even know I got one of those squatty chairs. Mm. That's a nice <laughs> chair, okay. I'm going to figure this thing out. <laughs> trying to imagine a mothman being squatty is a very uncomfortable thought <laughs> how squatty are we talking i can send pics <laughs> uh yeah put that put that on the sub stack i dare you okay <laughs> i will my squats i yeah, will do it do I it will. you will uh, and i'll uh, take this picture as this next uh clip plays so that's where we're going to be digging is up here flash forward to november 2021 Probably should try to shovel some of that out there. Eric Eulis, a respected amateur sleuth who spent nearly 15 years trying to solve the D.B. Cooper mystery, goes back to Tina Bar, where he says the FBI and other investigators were looking in the wrong place. So this is basically the area that I'm interested in is right here. He concludes that Cooper survived the jump and did not end up drowning in the river, as others contended. He buried the money on the beach, only to retrieve it about six months later. He also buried the parachutes and possibly the briefcase he was carrying. And if found, that briefcase could prove key. 
I think it would be uh, provide a treasure trove of evidence, not the least of which may be DNA. That could break the case r wide open right there. And even if this crew can find evidence, there will no doubt be many, many, many other questions that still need to be answered. Yeah, once they get that fucking DNA, I bet they go straight over to Ancestry.com or 23andMe. Mm-hmm. That's what I and would they're do. they're going to find his descendants living in a big, fat mansion with a bunch of money that came out of nowhere. <laughs> FBI rolls up on them. They got their pinkies extended into the air. That's and then right. they say, female body inspector. <laughs> <laughs> Open up. In my head. She's in my head. <laughs> Female body inspector. Boom. <laughs> I love it. Mm, our good friends at the FBI. Now, in uh, recent years, there uh, there has been a resurgence of interest in the quintessential American mystery with a variety of books, documentaries, and TV specials devoted to trying to make uh, to unmask the man at the center of this strange story, yet he remains a cipher. Uh, one enlightening development from this proverbial Cooper renaissance is that some of the key witnesses from the flight have come forward to share their firsthand experiences from the skyjacking. And uh, those two links are, I didn't actually get too far into those, but I will link those into the chat as well. Um, and to the last little paragraph I got here, <laughs> God, I just, there's something about this that really stood out to me in a funny way. Remarkably, time has been kind to D.B. Cooper in the 50 years since that fateful evening, as he is now often viewed as something of a folk hero akin to a modern day version of the legendary outlaws that once roamed the Wild West. And does this mean we're going to see like parades with Bin Laden? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Can you imagine? Mm. If, he's such no. a, if he's such an influence, why didn't more people try to rob planes and jump out in parachutes? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like we saw a lot a of copycatters point. doing that, you know? And I like how they made the point that he knew about the plane. He knew to go on the very specific stairwell that was made for that particular plane. So it just leads me to believe that uh, he's, he's probably ex-military knowledgeable, uh, shady shit, you know? Secret ops. He does, yeah. He does look kind of like a spook in his sketch. Oh, he's spooky as hell. Oh, they sketched it that way just to, I mean, you, you couldn't ask for a spookier sketch. I mean, oh, it's so obvious. Fuck. And if what? his actual name is Dan Cooper, that means he's got two first names. Oh, that's the marker of a spook. Bro. Bro. Mm. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Fucking telling you. Matt Craig, LeBron <laughs> James, anybody with two first names can't be trusted, people. Mm. Spook 101. Keep that in mind. Oh, mm. Pay attention. Pay attention to the names. <laughs> and the truth will reveal itself. Oh, Lord. Well, did you guys have any uh, final parting shots on DB, excuse me, Dan Cooper, because we are facts Daniel. first. <laughs> what if they were just like, oh, Dan Cooper, and then they looked him up and found him. Oh, there you are. Fuck. Yeah. Oh. No. That's awesome, though. Happy birthday, Dan. Well, it's it's not his birthday. It's the 50th anniversary of the, uh, yeah. Of the case. Yeah, yeah. 50th, yeah, happy anniversary, Dan. Out there hiding out in your sanctuary somewhere where we do not know. Under the sea. 
Mm-hmm. He used that money and he invested it in an animation company. He started drawing cartoons of a mouse and he became Walt Disney. <laughs> How hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's too much. Oh, don't feel. Oh, no, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're just a conspiracy nut. Yeah, yeah well, I think that well, people who call me a conspiracy theorist just can't see the magic. That's okay. right. <laughs> oh yeah, I got your magic right here. This is all Mickey yeah. Mouse shit, man. So that's, that's it. That's right. The madness in the magic. That's what they mm-hmm. put. Mm-hmm. And ow, ow. Isn't there so much madness in the magic? <laughs> when it comes to Disney, yes. Yeah, prominently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have. You don't even have to look very hard. You can see it weaving all throughout their supposed family. Friendly entertainment. Yeah. Well, there's weird sex jokes everywhere. Bunch mm-hmm. of pervs making these movies. It's rife with innuendo and imagery. Mm-hmm. Stinky. I'm looking through these, uh, the, the firsthand report from one of the stewardesses, and here's a quote. She recalls, I was there for the hijacker to kind of keep him feeling safe, reassured, and comfortable, and not detonating that bomb. And uh, remembering the sheer terror she experienced when Cooper showed her the bomb that he had brought, uh, she indicated that she felt sick but opted to pray in order to maintain her composure. Uh, She also mused about the final moments of the skyjacking when it was just her and the mysterious man in the cabin, and she, quote, just felt so alone. Her role in the incident culminated with her having to show Cooper how to open the stairwell of the airliner so that he could parachute from the plane, and uh, recalled, probably one of the last things I did was to say, will you please take the bomb with you? However, she is uncertain as to whether or not Cooper responded since he was wrapped up uh, in preparing for his daring escape. Hmm. Well, she sounds kind of like an accomplice, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and, she- and that lady, Mrs. Disney. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's all coming together. Uh-huh. It's a step in the wrong direction after all. It's a step out any step out of a plane is a step in the wrong direction. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'll take your word for it and not engage in that at all. Well, I gotta do it once. Maybe. How many times have you done it? Skydiving? Zero Zero. But I'm going to do it someday, once, at least once. Got to do it. Over the Sahara? Do it over the Sahara. That's expensive. I can't go to the Sahara. I can just do it here. (laughs) They got planes here, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that would be an exotic place you've never been. Mm -hmm. I'd probably fry like an egg in the air (laughs) in the Sahara. I don't need to do that. Uh, Then you'll become one of the lizard people. (laughs) Yeah. I'd fall on the ground. People. It'd just be a piece of jerky by the time I hit the ground if I went to the Sahara. As would I, Sarah Lavish, as would I. Mm, lavish jerky. Mm, <laughs> Something to sink your teeth jerky. in. Oh, stop it. I'll, be, I'll become a bloody tortilla. <laughs> Blood tortillas. Whoa. Whoa what wow, an exotic wow. delicacy. Wow, wow, wow. Now pair that with a Bloody Mary and you got quite a cocktail. I don't know about that of food that should not be mixed, ingredients and flavors that definitely should not be mixed. <laughs> oh no. Mm. Uh, 
Lizard people. Oh, Bully Steed is certain that he was a spook. Oh, catching up here in the chats. Uh, I, I guess uh, she had worked the same sort of plane. Wow. Spooks wow. don't reveal their cards. They keep play close to the vest. They keep it quiet. You worked the plane in flight. Like, the, the you were there that fateful day? No, I, I don't think she was there that time. You were a stewardess on that plane on that fateful day. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Uh, well, that's, uh, that concludes what I got on Dan Cooper. And uh, if you all have anything else to say, speak now or forever hold your peace. Mm. Okay. Ding, to be continued. Dong. Have y'all uh, have y'all had the chance to watch Squid Games yet? No. 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 I'm holding off. Well, I How much can have you watched? definitely recommend that you don't smuggle a copy of it into North Korea and then start selling it because a man has been sentenced to death who did that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, all the things you can be sentenced to death for. Why? Why? Well, well, yeah, it makes sense. We'll we'll get there in a in a minute, but uh, authorities caught seven high school students watching the Korean or South Korean. Well, I guess it, actually, is it two versions of Korean? Or do you have North Korea and South Korea? Okay. Um, well, I mean, as far as the language is concerned, uh, I don't know about the language. I think they're probably the same. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, these high school students got caught watching this show, as reported by Radio Free Asia. The smuggler is said to have brought a copy of Squid Game into North Korea back from China and sold the USB flash drives containing the series. Sources said his sentence would be carried out by firing squad. Damn. Jesus. At least they're making it quick, right? Yeah, that's terrible. That's yeah. absolutely awful. Um, the real question is how many rounds do they fire in the firing squad? At will? Or is there a set number? I think as many as it takes. Yes. No, you get fired if you use too many bullets. You don't want that. They'll shoot you, which is ironic. They're just going to use more bullets. But yeah, no, that's, that's terrible. That's awful. I'm so sorry for this guy. It is. Well, well, and for uh, anyone in North Korea. I, uh, I got a clip here that kind of gets into the details of uh, what was going on. Here's the first part. A North Korean man has been sentenced to hard labor, but many news outlets are reporting that his consequences might be much worse. The man is accused of bringing a copy of Netflix's Squid Game into the country and showing it to several other students. This smuggler is believed to have returned from China with a digital copy of the massively successful South Korean series. The student had actually hid the files on a USB flash drive, but after he began selling copies of the series to several people, including his fellow students, he was caught by police. Apparently, he was caught by censors at the North Korean Surveillance Bureau, and again, according to reports, he could be facing a firing squad for his actions, which is the exact same way that a lot of characters in Squid Game are also taken out. The arrest apparently took place last week in the country's North Hamyang province that sits on the border of China. According to Radio Free Asia, one student who purchased a copy of the USB has been sentenced to life in prison, while six others have been also sentenced to five years of hard labor. And in North Korea, sometimes those hard labor sentences actually carry over throughout your family's generation. North Korea 
Korea has also been a very isolated place for a long time, and to keep it that way, the country has been known to ban material from the West and from South Korea. This smuggling case has also prompted North Korean authorities to begin carrying out searches of the student's school just in case they are hiding any more foreign media. The ripple effect of what this one man did, though, is astounding. Some teachers have reportedly lost their job and could face being banished to work in remote mines as punishment. A law enforcement source told the press, This all started last week when a high school student secretly bought a USB flash drive containing the South Korean drama Squid Game and watched it with one of his best friends in class. The pair then began discussing the series with friends who then became interested in watching it and so purchased copies from him. And quote, the friend told several other students who became interested and they shared the flash drive with them. They were caught by the censors in 109 Sangmu, uh, who had received a tip off, said this unnamed source, referring to the government strike force that specializes in catching illegal video watchers known officially as Surveillance Bureau Group 109. <laughs> That's not ominous. <laughs> yeah. Um and I, if I'm not mistaken, this next, I, I couldn't find anything like any decent quality coverage of, uh, of this. And <laughs> actually I got a counterpart story. That's a uh, fairly interesting that, uh, says otherwise, uh, that this all may be bullshit, but, uh, who's to say, I'll finish off this uh, video here. And it clearly resonates with the North Korean people that are currently living under a dictatorship. This arrest of seven North Korean students will mark the first time that the government has put this new censorship law into action. The North Korean government recently passed a law on the elimination of reactionary thought and culture, and the maximum penalty for watching, keeping, or distributing media from capitalist countries is death, especially if it is something from America or South Korea. As I mentioned earlier, though, the ripple effect is where this arrest becomes insane. There are people who had no connection at all to the original incident but are still being held responsible. An inside source told the press, the Central Committee has dismissed the school principal, their youth secretary, and their homeroom teacher, adding, they were also expelled from the party. It is certain that they will be sent to toil in coal mines or exile to rural parts of the country, so other school teachers are all worrying that it could happen to them too if one of their students is also caught up in the investigation. Authorities are even scouring markets for more of these USB drives than any other DVDs that contain foreign media. A resident told Radio Free Asia, the rest Residents are all trembling in fear because they will be mercilessly punished for buying or selling memory storage devices no matter how small. The part that kind of trips me up is if it's if it ends up being true that the teachers of these students were fired from their jobs. Uh, it's just like, oh, you got to stamp it out. You know, all these people are infected with vicious mind crime. Mm. Oh, my God. And it's all because, you know... Well, obviously, you weren't doing your job good enough, or these students wouldn't have wavered from the party. Right. I wonder if they're part of a union. Further propagating the fear culture. Mm. So that everything you do is a thought crime. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's called dread. And, uh, man, North Korea does it so very well. Yeah. The- dread until you're dead. The residents are all trembling in fear because they will they uh, because they will be mercilessly punished for buying or selling memory storage devices, no matter how small," uh, said the second source, who requested anonymity to freak speedily, speak freely. Uh, but regardless of how strict the government's crackdown seemed to be, rumors are still circulating that among the seven students arrested, one uh, one with rich parents was able to avoid punishment because they bribed authorities with U.S. Uh, three thousand dollars U.S. Oh, yeah, well, that that makes sense too. Three. 
Yeah. To avoid a lifetime of, uh, you know. Hard labor. Fuck hard yeah. labor and misery and torture. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Good deal. And uh, I'll finish on this particular article with these two here. Uh, 2019 Washington Post report documented how certain South Korean media are considered dangerous by the North and uh, because they encourage people to escape. K-pop and American pop music has had an instrumental role in undermining North Korean propaganda, it said. And this is the Radio Free Asia article. Um, it also cited a survey of 200 North Korean escapees living in South Korea in which 90% said that they consumed foreign media while living in the North with 75% saying that they knew of someone who was punished for it. More than 70% said that they believed that accessing foreign media became much more dangerous since Kim Jong-un took power in 2011. Hmm. And you take a couple steps down the hallway and you knock on the next door. North Korea News came out and said, Report cast dat- doubt on claim a North Korean was sentenced to death for smuggling Squid Game. <laughs> North Korea News sought to debunk a recent story that said smuggled copies of the South Korean hit show were spreading in North Korea, <laughs> despite strict censorship of foreign media. They, read, they just directly contradicted so blatantly. And uh, <laughs> they say that Radio Free Asia is a government, U.S. government-funded nonprofit news service focusing on Asian countries. Um, <laughs> this is funny because now both of these will have uh, – maybe this one – Oh, maybe they did actually name someone, but one of the critiques that they have of this the uh, RFA report is that they were citing unnamed sources in both cases, and they also uh, RFA also published an update on Tuesday saying that. Um, hold on, let me reread that. Uh, the news. Sorry, I I got all mixed up with my notes here. Um, basically, they're calling them out for citing unnamed sources in both cases in the RFA report. Uh, but on Thursday, North Korean news. Um, a South Korea-based news service focused on reporting on the neighboring state published an analyst in which border experts say that it is, quote, highly unlikely that the show could have made it into the North. Uh, the defector said that border security was so tight during the pandemic he did not believe it could happen. Ishimuro Jiro, the founder of the news site Asia, Pre- uh, Asian Asia Press, also told NK News that smuggling activity in some border cities had been hit hard by the state's tightened border controls. He said that there was less than a 1% chance the show came in on an SD card or a USB flash drive. Hmm. And uh, he also stated that the time frame for death for the death sentence was too short. Uh, given when the show was released, the man's arrest, trial, execution probably wouldn't all happen in just two months in North Korea. Uh other well, aspects. the show is released to the public, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist in a file format somewhere. Right. Months before it's released. Yeah, if there was some press about it and someone got snooping around and there was some leak. Yeah, there's plenty of leaks. I, I remember when uh, the the Batman movies came out, and I was able to get those on a USB drive six months before the film was actually released. Allegedly, legend has it in Minecraft. No, no, no. I'm okay about it. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, they kept that theme going too in the the video that you played the clip from. Um, it was very happy, poppy game music. Wow! While he was kind of speeding through it, and it was just like, ah, uh, it just didn't. It was weird. That was just yeah, some little, fucking YouTuber I'd found to cover yeah, some yeah. of the bases for me. <laughs> oh yeah, 
and not talking too slow. Very clear. Um, but yeah, the, the game uh, music in the background was interesting. The uh, NK News speculates uh, it was it takes a long time for goods to pass through the ports given the COVID uh, current COVID restrictions. Um, so that's another reason why they're the timing doesn't make sense to them. Uh, all of the goods have to be disinfected, and the pass through was longer than uh, was two months. So they're saying that just for the goods to enter the country it was longer than Squid Game had been released. Um, quote: It'll be more difficult now, but not impossible. As shows come in on USB sticks, said Professor Hazel Smith, a research associate at the SOA. S, uh, sorry, SOAS, Center of Korean Studies. She said it was plausible that Squid Game is being watched in North Korea, but it is, but it's not likely that it's widespread. Uh, ultimately, it wasn't easy to say uh, whether RFA's story held weight or whether or not it could be debunked. And uh, finishing on reporting on North Korea is notoriously difficult as a as the secretive dictatorship prohibits a free press and lets few journalists into the country. Unlike in the countries with the free media, <laughs> unnamed sources are the norm, they say. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> the norm for people who want to live. Shit. Yeah. I wonder why. Oh, Lord. Oy. Well, that's what, what a I debacle. Get. What do you think? You think it's a... Uh, could be could be legal. Could be could be. I think it's very uncool and it's very legal. Mm. Yeah, no doubt. It just goes to show how dictatorial they are and what ridiculousness surrounds all of the limitations that they put on their people and keeping them mired and engrossed with fear over what? Over some media? Over some artistic creation? Over a stupid TV show? It's really sad, mm-hmm. but it just goes to yeah. show that one of the most hardcore people that you can deal with are border guards. Oh, Don't yeah. fuck around at the border. The border will ruin your life. Mm-hmm. Even the Canadian border. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what border. Just don't fuck around at borders. We'll get you. Yeah. We'll get you. We'll get you. Sad one man. Or another. I, uh, you. you know, it's funny because like, uh, here's this U.S. propaganda depot allegedly reporting on North Korea, but then their neighbors are saying, no, they didn't do it, but they're not sure. And North Korea is not saying anything about it. So maybe this is just one of those things that it will just get memed into existence simply because people are talking about it. Uh, Insider, like I stated earlier, Insider had a report on it. That's where I had first seen it, actually. Uh, New York Post, and then all of them had to come out and be like, whoa, well, here's NK News saying the opposite of it. <laughs> What's to be believed? What is to be believed? But uh, that's all I got for tonight. Hmm. Hot. Well, it's it's a bright day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. North Korea, you always win, don't you? Just nothing but winning over there. That's what they think. That won't last forever. So they teach you. Remember mm-hmm. when we were going to do a nuclear holocaust with North Korea? Every uh, day. It's still on the it's still on the docket. Every don't, year. Don't put it away. Oh, okay. <laughs> they just want you to act like it's not the case anymore. That's the case. Don't worry about it. Get under your desks. 
Get into the cellar. Hide. Yeah, Go underground. Yeah. I hope you dug a nice hole for yourself to hide in. Mm. Hey, you know what you can do while you're hanging, hanging out in that hole? Scream? Yeah, you can scream. Yeah. <laughs> Yo! It has been brought to my attention that you might have been contacted and or harassed by a group of fuckboy idiots, a.k.a. the FBI. Now, as a lifetime member of the cocksure insertion Association, I will um, stand by and represent my organization, uh, also shortened as the uh, Cox in Asses, or shortened further, the CIA, <laughs> and uh, represent you guys in your defense if you need help. Um, uh, Yes. Uh, cap, uh, or, uh, cease and desist of the harassment the F yeah. white boys might have been uh, propagating or content. I don't know. Fuck it. Anyway, here's my scream. <laughs> Yo! Nice. <laughs> Adios. Mofos. <laughs> Thank you. Uh. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Dr. Doctor. Sir Mike Roch on the stream. Would that make him Agent Dr. Sir Mike Roch? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Special Agent Dr. Sir to you. Oh, yes. I, excuse me. Special Agent Dr. Sir Mike Roch. Thank you. That's right. Esquire. <laughs> Correcto mundo. Oh. We salute you, sir. We salute you. <laughs> I saw a good uh, transcription error in there. It says COX in acid. Coxin acid. Ooh. <laughs> Something okay. I've spent my life avoiding. Oh, my God. Bags could do an art all on that itself. So <laughs> oh, poor Cass. How lewd that would be, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, might as well fucking go for it. It doesn't have to be what you're thinking. It could be chickens. Wait, this isn't a jar. Oh, jeez. This isn't a jar chickens. of mayo. Holy fucking shit, you guys! Could be it could be chickens on acid. It's no it's not the other it's the other one. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Let's do it. It could be cocking. It could be like the you know grout. You know, it could be, it could be anything. Yeah. That would be that would be just pure chaos. To, yeah. Like if there was a way that you could you know make like LSD cock. And then people, or like grout, LSD grout, and people are running their fingers down the side of a brick building. Oh, no. <laughs> You're just licking the building. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know there's dragons in the brick somewhere. <laughs> there's, oh. Yeah, the dragons, we must free them. They're down in the dungeon with the woolly mammoths. <laughs> tickle the dragons, tickle the dragons. Oh, man. Uh, mm. So one more and then an intermission? Yes, sounds good. Cool. Oh, yeah. How many are left? Uh, we got three as it stands now, but you can always call in during our break and mm-hmm. uh, leave some Please more. And we'll save them for the second, second half of the show. 612-263-7999. Yeah, what he said. Now, 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 if you're, if you're the type of guy or 
or, or gal that likes to get up in the morning and say, it's, it's my kind of days and, uh, you're the type of guy or gal or whatever you are that would like the day. <laughs> yes. Undeniably, yes. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the answer is, um, yeah, yes. I think. Nine. No. The answer is nine. The answer is no. The answer is yes. Uh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> really took his time crafting that. I like that. It's going to be with me for a while, that one. To propound, to, to propound, to cross. To find, to conclude, yes. Now, uh, Lavish, is there anything that you would like to say about this intermission before I pop this tape in? Uh, just uh, you know, get a refreshment, drink some water, uh, everybody. Uh, get, get hydrate, hydrate up. Very that is important. most excellent advice, sir. Thank you. I will be doing that. Yes, please. Yes, we will all be doing that. I'm still sipping on my French press container of water. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, my ice is melted in my tequila, so I've got water. Yeah, I need more water. I need more water. Ice tequila. Ice tequila. Ice tequila. Well, I'm excited to see what you've rolled up here. Should be a good time. Pop in that tunes. (laughs) Hope you like everybody. Quirk has boots. Thank you. Oh, I will. I'm looking forward to it.
not trust the pilgrims, especially Sarah Miller. Well, there isn't a literal connection. No, Walter, dude. face it, there isn't any connection. Oh. 
We now return to Behind the Scenes. Starring Boo Berry, 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 and Lavish, 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 and Quirkus. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) You worked that in real smooth and sweet. Much appreciated. Hell yeah. Cha cha, real smooth now. (laughs) (laughs) So were those tunes. Oh, the tunes, the intermission tunes were fantastic. They were lit. Yeah, they were spicy. They were groovy. Mm -hmm. They were very diggable. Yeah, I think I'll crack a cider to that one. Oh, yeah. Those are dance tunes. Mm-hmm. Except Cheers. for that one random Cheers. hip-hop tune that I threw in just because it was fucking hilarious. And I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing <laughs> listening to it. It was just so funny. Nice choice, <laughs> sir. Nice choice. My hat's off to you, Lavish. <laughs> well, thank you. My hat's off to you. And mm-hmm. anybody who's listening right now live or uh, maybe later in the future, and if you're in the chat here in the green room, we thank you for your time. It's episode 73. Of Behind the Schemes, it is currently November 29th, 2021, and I'm joined with Booberry, the Black Knight of the Mothman, and Dame Quirkess herself. My name is Lavish, and uh, if you want to give us a call, you can always give us a call at 612-263-7999, and uh, you can leave us a scream mail. Don't be afraid. No doubt. And during our intermission break, we had a, another monetary, uh, oh my god, what's the word I'm looking for? Donation. Yes. Oh, another producer coming in. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know him, you love him, you'll see him in the chats every Monday night, and it is Double Thoughts. Ding, 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 Nice, very nice, very nice, very nice, thank you. And he came in with 333. He does the show called DoubleThoughtDimension.com. It's Derek and Tony over there. And uh, he actually hit me up with some good news I, I should share with you all. What's the good news? Oh. Sir Bemrose has added their show to the No Agenda stream. Oh, nice. Congratulations, Double Thought. Yeah, welcome to the fold. Yeah, you have clearly earned it. That is high honor when Bemrose handpicks you. Just can't get any better than that. <laughs> yes, Sir Bemrose, <laughs> put your hands on me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Shout okay. out to Sir come Bemrose. On. He's the oh, curator. I will. I will come oh, on. Oh, no. Shut <laughs> up. Shut. All right. I am muzzling you. I am muzzling you. You are officially muzzled. You walked right into it. <laughs> And the Mothman, the Mothman, you're, you're, you're going to have to be, you're you going to have to be taught a lesson. You know the what moth that, is a dirty moth. He's you know what that's going to sound like? Oh, wow, this is great. Yeah. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> you guys are killing me, you know that, right? You don't need to wear a mask in here, sir. <laughs> I prefer No more, gag. please. Oh. I always call it a ball gag. Whenever I grab my mask, when I go out, I go, oh, I need to grab my ball gag before I go. Every time, every single time. Anyway, yeah, what a great time. Oh, I'm looking at uh, their episode list on the podcast index, and uh, how d- uh, D-U-M-B are you? Derek and Tony discuss deep underground military bases. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah. So not Dave Matthews Band. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that's D-M-B. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I said. Yeah. There you go. There you go. 
This is the idea that there's roughly 132 underground military facilities in the United States. Wow. Mm -hmm. Did you say 132? I did. At least. And big (laughs) ones, too. Big ones. It's 333. Oh. Letting you know a fraction of them. (laughs) They want you to think there's just a fraction of them, but there are so many more. It's only a fraction of my power. (laughs) You haven't even seen me in my true form. Uh, just wait till you see what lies underneath. I would, I can't wait to listen to that DUMB episode. I, I hope they talk about Dan Schneider, who, uh, was literally blasted by aliens and spent the rest of his life talking about being blasted oh, by aliens. Yeah. After. He got hit with like a laser gun or something, right? Yeah. He was a professional, uh, underground tunneler and, um, he would build all kinds of these deep underground military bunkers for the military. As a subcontractor, and his story is that one day he he pierced into a cavern and he ran into what we would call greys, some tall greys, which uh, then he took out his pistol and he started firing at them and they fired back. Apparently he killed one or two of them, and then they blasted him with a piece of energy beam that melted his the front of his body and his sternum and defigured him and... Uh, you can, he shows the scars when he goes, he get, he gave tours and he went around talking about it and he showed the, the, uh, injuries. Wow. So, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, hopefully they bring them mm. up. But if not, check them out. Double Thought Dimension Podcast with Derek and Tony. Hell yeah. Well, cool. Uh, we'll do, uh, one screen mail and we'll save the last two. If we don't have any other ones coming in for the rest of the night, we'll save them for the end of the show. Um, I think this might, I, I I think this is, I think this is the person I think it is. We'll see. You know, I have about five things to say, and here's one of them. We need to care more about our planet. And I care about my planet, and that's why I, I think everybody should eat bugs. And if you're not going <laughs> to eat bugs, then mm-hmm. you need to at least fuck bugs. It's right. the only right. way to save the planet. We need less people. We need more bugs. We mm-hmm. should really just be doing what we do with people. Eating people, fucking people, eating bugs, fucking bugs. We need to save the planet. It's mm-hmm. our mother. And it's our only mommy. <laughs> wow, Collar, you really put the cock in roach. <laughs> She is. Oh, no, you didn't. No, no, no. She is bugging out. You know what I mean? No, don't do it. Don't, that was that was very illuminating and very legal. It was very true. We're all going to be bugging out in every possible way in the near future. So thank you, caller. You will eat the bugs, you will fuck the bugs. She's right on target. She is right the fuck on target. And this is what it's going to sound like when you uh, penetrate that bug. Oh, God, what did I do? Oh, this one, sorry. (laughs) That's what what they say. (laughs) This is what they're going to say. I'm not just anybody. I'm an object. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Quit objectifying the bugs, people. I do love this caller. Uh, <laughs> I just keep waiting for the next one. Like, what's the next one? What's she going to say in the next one? Oh, that's good. That mind. Mm. That mm. mind of hers. Creative. Well, I'm glad she brought up the bugs because uh, I'm, I'm going to bring up the guy who's probably the number one guy in the world who's pushing the bugs. That was a perfect segue. I think so. I think it really was. Uh, yeah. As everybody knows... Long standing joke around here. We talk about the bugs. 
And, uh, this is a real environmental thing that gets, this is a thing that gets pushed through the highest tiers of environmental activism, as you know, and lobbying when, when it comes down the pipeline from the UN and all these guys, they love to, to sell us on eating bugs. Now, historically, bugs have been a certain way. Certain cultures have got nutrition. We talked about it in the Dia de los Muertos episode, how, uh, the ancient Mexican cultures before the Spanish came, they ate bugs because they kind of had to. But um, this is this is something that gets pushed, and the guy who pushes it the most, the the most visual sort of uh, <laughs> character on the scene, is a person you may have heard of named Klaus Schwab. And Klaus Schwab, yeah, right. I've literally never heard of him. Quirkus, <laughs> <laughs> you're familiar with Klaus Schwab, right? To a, to a degree, and I couldn't tell you anything at this moment because I am not right in the headspace. So why don't you illuminate me? I shall. I shall. And thank you. Uh, yeah, Klaus Schwab, for anybody who's a regular NA listener, you might recognize that name or that guy. But he is the German uh, economist and engineer that is the head of the World Economic Forum, which is the largest um, international, one of the largest international lobbying groups, you know, on, on the globe. And uh, he's always in the news and he's always, he's just like this weird, evil James Bond villain that you see who dresses up in these crazy clothes and he has this, this evil German accent that we will make you eat the bugs and you will owe nothing and you will be happy. <laughs> and he's, he's a total character. And people always, Clearly. you know, making fun of him, and we're always making fun of him. But I saw something today that really caught my eye that was fascinating, and it was talking about his family line. And I believe somebody has already posted in the chat, Bully, has already mm-hmm. made a call, that um, Klaus Schwab, if you look into him, and you start Googling him, you start looking up stuff, you'll find that he takes great care and probably spends a good deal of money um, hiding his family and hiding his, his lineage. He doesn't talk about, he doesn't let anyone know who his parents are. Uh, if he has any siblings, he keeps that totally private. And you can spend a lot of money and you can kind of curate uh, the internet with all of these massive groups of, of people that are dedicated to the job of obfuscating this information. And that's exactly what he does. There's really not a lot that you can find on this guy's personal life. Um, but I did find an image today, which I thought was interesting, and I will post it in the chat. And it was a, um, it was an image of the family line here that he talks about. Hold on, let me find it in the notes. You can find all of this in the show notes, if you so desire. All the things that I'm about to talk about, all the things that I reference, all these things are referenced in the notes. So I'm posting this in the chat. We have an image of Klaus Schwab, who, according to him, was born in 1938 in Ravensburg, Germany, which is in the south of Germany, uh, very close to the Swiss border. And in 1938, if you can recall, it was a very tumultuous time in Germany. Uh, This is about one year before things really started heating up uh, and cascading into the events which we now call World War II. Now... Klaus Schwab is raised, he's born in Germany, but he's really raised in Switzerland. Uh, this is 
evidenced by his education and just by his general culture and the fact that he's chosen Switzerland as a second home today. And maybe maybe I'm stepping ahead of myself. So just to back up, Klaus Schwab right now today is an 83-year-old guy. He's a German engineer. He's a philanthropist, environmentalist, economist. But he never has actually really done anything or created a business or really has any accolades that are that are publicly accessible. This guy just, you know, shows up on the scene, right? He's born in Ravensburg, and they don't say his parents are, but it's speculated that his parents are a Fred Schwab and a Marianne Rothschild. And Marianne Rothschild uh, is loosely related to the Rothschild family and is from that same area. Um, but anyway, before I get too ahead of myself, uh, just a little more on Klaus. So he's born in 1938 in Germany, and this is according to Klaus's biography. So this isn't according to Fred and Marion's story, which is highly documented, and it's it's available to find. This is Klaus's story. Klaus, according to, to himself, says that his family escaped out of Germany. They went back to Switzerland. He spends a couple years at an insanely expensive Swiss grade school, uh, then he falls off the grid, and then he comes back for high school, and he goes to another insanely expensive private high school. All of this in Switzerland, in in um, in Zurich, which is one of the most expensive places in the world uh, to live in. Uh, I've been there. I, I was there actually for a layover, and I was I, it was a massive culture shock for me. But uh, anyway, so this guy he he goes through all the schooling, and then by twenty three. Klaus Schwab has a mechanical engineering doctorate from um, the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology, also known as ETH, from Zurich, which is a very famous uh, university. He has a doctorate in economics from the University of Freiburg, and he has a master's in public administration from Harvard. (laughs) All by the time he's 23. He's got all this shit. Can I ask you a question really quick? Yeah. Do you happen to know off the top of your head with the uh, within the ETH, the Swiss Federal Institute, mm-hmm. is a doctorate considered an uh, eight-year degree like it is here in the States? It would be held in the same esteem, I believe. The same esteem, but not the, necessarily the same time period. It wouldn't be. I mean, that's the idea, right, is that you spend all this time. I mean, if you get a doctorate in the United States, you're probably going to be near 30 or around 30 when you actually finish your schooling, you know? Right. I mean, even if and you started at 16, what that, that puts you at uh, 20. <laughs> puts you at 24, 25, 26. I mean, and, and we're talking not about one doctor. We're talking about uh, three. Right. So this guy has three doctorates by the time he's 23 years old from all these different places. I mean, he's got, he's got two in Switzerland and he's got one at Harvard. And meanwhile, all the while, he's actually a German citizen. And his foundation is in Germany. So he's really globetrotting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's quite impressive, right? So, uh, from here, his story gets a little foggy. Uh, he disappears for about 10 years and then he reemerges in 1971 at the age of 33. And he founds the European Management Forum, which is today 
The World Economic Forum, or the WEF, also known as Davos, um, which they'll refer to it as Davos, which is, that's the name of the city in Switzerland that it's based in, Davos, Switzerland. Um, so World Economic Forum, WEF, Davos, it's all the same thing. Um, he founds this organization at 33, and uh, then the next year he's given an honorary professorship at the University of Geneva, again, another wondrously prestigious university, uh, one of the most prestigious in the world. And he marries a lady from an old, old, old Swiss family. Um, and they, <laughs> and from there the legend goes on, you know, and by the time that we see him now in 50 years or half a century, whatever, he turned this little thing into literally the, the, the whale, the, the, the giant big motivating force when it comes to any global decision that's being made in the name of um, the environment. Uh, he's there uh, with his team. <laughs> it's, it's, he's, he's, very, he's a very important guy in that world. Uh, according to, does anyone have any questions so far? I'm still kind of hung up on the three major degrees by the time yeah. he hits 23. 23. What? Uh, and then by the time he's 33, he starts his thing. Yeah. But he doesn't exist for 10 years. Yeah, sorry, please continue. Yeah, I just, you know, is he doing some Jesus pilgrimage? Like, did he get yeah. lost in the desert for 10 years? How does that work? I mean, was he... It's a little biblical, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially with him coming back at uh, 23, right? Or, sorry, 33. Yeah, I mean, you hear about him in his schooling, and the next thing you hear, he's he's begun his um his uh what do you call it his his preacherhood his his what what do you call it he's begun his ministry. Yeah, ministry. That's a good word, and I don't want to speak out a term, but I feel like Jesus was at the age of thirty three when he came back and started doing everything as an adult, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Jesus, he, he came at 30, and then he was dead by 33 okay. is the story. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. So in three years, he he, he did it all. <laughs> Crucified. Yeah. Um, which, I don't know. That's a different episode. We can always yeah. get into that. Right. But um, anyway, uh, quick guess. Uh, yeah. Um, so forgive me if you already covered this, um, but... Did it say when he graduated high school, at what age before he started getting those PhDs? He said he graduated from, I, I struggled to pronounce it. it. It's like a German's, uh, gymnasium or whatever, but it was a, it was a, you know, it was a nice high school, but they just say he graduated from it. They don't say what, how old he was exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we can, yeah. I'm just going off of what they give physical dates for, and then I just subtracted mm-hmm. from that 1938 number. Is it speculated that he did any other type of work for the WEF other than what is listed? And will you please go into detail if there's any details you left out about that? There's not a lot of detail. I looked up a, mm-hmm. I looked up a bunch on it. He, he just starts it. He starts this thing in at 33 in 1971. <clears throat> and, um, and okay. it's just blossomed from there, but it's been in the position. Oh, oh yes. I mean, yeah. when it comes to something that's at the top level like that, it has mm-hmm. to be put there on purpose. If we're going to talk about it in the context of, you know, how these things really work in the real world. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, I was looking at some more uh, articles about him. It's, like I said, it's hard to find information. But I found a German article 
from the Augers of Tongue, written in 2019. You can find this in the notes. Klaus Schwab is in the process of obtaining Swiss citizenship. Um, apparently, he's still not a Swiss citizen, <laughs> even though he he basically lives and operates and works out of Switzerland. But um, he doesn't have a Swiss passport. Apparently, according to the article, his two brothers have a passport, his grandparents, uh, whoever whoever uh, researched this knows the family mm-hmm. and knows that the mother and father are from uh, they're they're from the Switzerland area, but also from the German area, uh, mainly from the south of Germany, Frankfurt area. So we go over to the speculated parents of Klaus. We go to Fred Schwab and Marianne Rothschild, who seem to be likely candidates. They're both from very wealthy German families. Uh, Fred Schwab was um, owned a very large company. He was German. Marianne Rothschild is from the Rothschilds, who are one of the largest uh, banking families in the world who are from Frankfurt. Um, and they both grew up, were born and grew up in Frankfurt. Um, so you can assume that they probably grew up together because they were both of a similar age and they were of a similar elite class. Um, and they are Frankfurters. Yeah. Uh, Frankfurters. Yeah, Marianne was specifically raised in a place called Bad Homburg which uh, means the Bath of Hamburg. And uh, Emperor oh. Wilhelm had his personal spa huh. in this neighborhood. So it's pretty rich. Yeah, do you know why it's the Bath of Hamburg? Were there natural springs all throughout, or was it a major waterway? Yeah, it is. It's known for its mineral springs. Oh, okay, thank nice you. Mineral springs. Yeah. Nice. And, yes, uh, yeah, it, indeed. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. It also is a nice casino. Uh, the, this is funny. Right. The town's marketing slogan, this is how fancy this place is, is, uh, it's the German version of Champagne, Air, and Tradition is the name of, of the town's, like, slogan. Well, that's appealing. Champagne, Air, and Tradition. So, it's a pretty nice <laughs> very, neighborhood, I think. <laughs> sounds very touristy. Very, very legal. I like it. I don't think they let you in unless you're wearing a nice suit. <laughs> or you know somebody, you know. You can't walk around with jeans. It's a big club, and yeah. you ain't and in it. We ain't in it, dog. Nobody. You're not a Frankfurter. What do you mean you won't accept my denim tuxedo? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know who I am? <laughs> this is an affront to Canadians everywhere, and I will sue you, sir. What is that creature on your button, sir? This? Oh, this? This is the legend known as Mothman. Fear him. Fear the Mothman. Revere him. You will yes. tell your children of the day you met the Mothman. <laughs> I like fresh champagne, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and teach air. them. Teach the Frankfurters about the Mothman. <laughs> fresh Give them champagne new, air, motherfucker. <laughs> Give them new creature delights. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. Anyway, uh, shall I continue? Yes, please. I shall. Uh, so most, most sources that I've found say that Fred and Marianne, and this is... Assuming that they are the parents, we just try to go by their story, and they're a pretty well-known couple because they were obviously, you know, from prestigious families, and and uh, they, they had quite a story escaping Germany. And Marianne, of course, was Jewish, so escaping Germany in thirty-eight was a very impressive story, and it's relayed on certain Holocaust uh, memorial websites, things like that. But um, 
Most sources I, I find say that Fred and Marianne were together by 1938, which was the year that uh, Klaus Schwab was born. Um, they were probably living in the south of France. They were probably commuting back and forth between Switzerland and Frankfurt. And um, Ravensburg, which is where Klaus was born, is a very wealthy city. It was a very wealthy uh, trade port, uh, tr- not trade port, but a trade city and a trade route. And um, back when it was when Germany was the Holy Roman Empire, it was actually a free imperial city, which uh, meant that it was autonomous in a, in a very special way. It was a very special, very wealthy city that had all kinds of benefits. And it was subordinate to nobody except the emperor himself. So it just relays even more just how wonderfully fantastic this town is. Okay. Um, so these two guys, they, they get together. And most of the sources say they were together by then. The only thing that contradicts this is the Holocaust website that I brought up earlier that says that Marianne didn't get with Fred until uh, after the war and they reconnected in the United States in 45 or something, which... It's, it seems dubious just in the context of the fact that they grew up together, they knew each other, and you don't really wait that long back then to get married anyway, and, you know. Every, every other source says that they were together. It's just this one thing that says they weren't, so the, the consensus seems to be in on that. Um, but, uh, yeah. It would, it would explain everything. It would explain Klaus's ex- uh, love of Switzerland, of Germany, of the United States. Uh, it would explain his sort of background in trying to feel justified in improving the world if he felt like he was born in this, you know, historically awful time and was this victim in this terrible way. And, um, and he just seems to be right in, in the fold with all these big banking bloodlines that we talk about. He's, he's, he's totally a Rothschild. <laughs> if, if this were to be the case, it would confirm the corniest and most stereotypical like boohoo conspiracy you can think of, which is that, yeah, this guy's a Rothschild and he's a product of this bloodlines, you know, business. He fulfilled their prophecies. <laughs> sounds like, mm-hmm. honestly, just another pawn, you know? Yeah. In the, uh, in the machination. He, that's right. He played right into it. He became another brick in the wall. They said, welcome to the machine. And he, in, Integrated himself right into it, or maybe he had a secret life. Maybe he had something going that really derived from his passions, his secret passions, to do mm-hmm. other things, to defy what the family wanted. Don't you think? I think that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. I really do think that happens a lot with these big families. I think that there yes. are a lot of rebels, and I think that mm-hmm. there are a lot of guys that and gals that reject it or they they go their own way they don't buy into the to the program go your own way because <laughs> in my opinion yeah. i just think that the the it goes as far back as you want it to go mm-hmm. there are certain families certain bloodlines that go that claim to go as far back as you can imagine to egypt and beyond i mean and to where what, the gene pool yeah yeah, and the knowledge and the, the the cumulative knowledge and the the focus and the effort and everything like that, it it's a compound interest that gives you power beyond anything else. Um, Why they're so strict with the breeding of these families and intermingling them? They can be. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Klaus, you look into it, and this just immediately pops up. It's it's really just right kind of in your face. There's a lot of puzzle pieces you can slip together. Obviously, there's nothing that totally confirms this because it's buried up, but, you know, everything everything seems to rhyme. I uh, Have we actually read what the holocaustcenter.org notification was? Because it's got Not some... Not that I'm aware of. It's, oh. it's got some interesting wordage. Uh, but the center has noticed increased visits to his webpage in connection to a conspiracy theory surrounding the World Economic Forum founder Klaus Schwab. In red, italicized, these claims have been proven, proven false. Uh, the language in question comes from a conspiracy theorist book written in 1992, not Schwab's book about reviving the global economy after the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I'm just curious, it, is that a actual link that they, uh, that they provide? Do they link to a, like a Snopes document or something? I don't know. Do they, do they provide the, the documentation? Let's see. I will take a minute here and uh, look into it. I mean, that. I'd love to get any new data. If, if they've got something that disproves this, I don't want to rail on it if I'm wrong, you know. But it just seemed like from what I found, it kind of kind of made sense. I mean, at the end of the day, this guy doesn't disclose who his family is. So no matter what, it's conjecture, right? Nobody, nobody knows except uh, family and friends, and they're not spilling the beans. And confidants, whichever means silent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not disproved. That's right, Bully Steed. That's right. The shadow knows. <laughs> Only the shadow knows. The it takes shadow you back. Knows. I mean, that goes back almost a century, I think. Old time creep radio. Can't beat it. Yeah. The world we're familiar with is the the post World War world, you know, and you, all those families mm-hmm. and all that. That's it's the easiest to kind of track that stuff. That's all Habsburgs, and but the American families like the Rockefellers, Sacklers, Duponts, they all have their own thing too. It's fun. Even the Gates family, like what we talked about when we did a little episode on Bill Gates, and I found out that his family goes all the way back to 1600s England and beyond. And they're all from a bunch of strict-ass uh, Protestants, a bunch of descendants of Cromwell. Actually, they were before Cromwell. They left before Cromwell, so I should clarify that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's fun. The family stuff goes back far. It's unsurprising when you consider what a ruthless bastard he really is. Gates? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just redefining evil. Turning it on its head and making you question just how evil can you be? Apparently, there's no limit. To 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 him, we're not even people. Mm -hmm. We're just bees, and we make the honey. We're just experiments. Yeah, we are. We're lab rats to him. We we're less than that. We are peons. We're cattle. We're 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 moved in mass to slaughter, and that's you know. Not to be negative. I don't want to be too negative. No, it's the truth, though. Everybody should I mean, have a great life. Yeah. You know, you're more than that. You're more than cattle. You're more than just uh, har- something to harness. You know. Yeah, but. you're more than your genetics and your cells. So much more. Mm-hmm. It's just the method of distraction has been so effective that 
they really have people focused on all the wrong things, all the wrong three-dimensional, not necessarily wrong, but very limited three-dimensional aspects of life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's got us by the genes. Yep. Well, With all the other eugenicists. Knowledge is power. And if people know the stuff about them, even if people don't say it out loud or whatever, at least people know, and it's like a meme. And that's that's the most you can ask for, you know? It really does more than I think people know. To to educate yourself on this sort of thing, to acknowledge that this sort of thing exists, is much more than what they want you to do. So, yeah. And you're not, you're not going to be put in harm's way. It's okay. You can do it. There's nothing wrong with it. All right. This is what I found. Uh, I've posted the relative links inside of the chat, and I'll be sure to make an addendum to your notes, Lavish, so they'll be featured there at the end. Okay. Uh, it did. I had to search Holocaust Center Klaus Schwab, and that took me to the page to get the notice posted. Uh, it redirects to AFP Fact Check, and it is titled False Post Target World Economic Forum Founder with Hoax COVID-19 Conspiracy. An image has been shared repeatedly in social media posts that claims it shows a book passage where the WEF Forum founder Klaus uh, purportedly wrote billions will die from, quote, organized epidemics. This claim is false. The image has been taken from a book that touts a global conspiracy theory, not Schwab's book about plans to revive the economy. Uh, and I do have a photo. Did I actually post that photo? I think I did. Um, and this is the passage. Uh, at least 4 billion useless eaters shall be eliminated by the year 2050 uh, through use of limited wars, organized epidemics, fatal, hold on, uh, fatal rapid acting diseases and starvation. Uh, energy, food, and water shall be kept at subsistence levels for the non-elite, starting with the white populations of Western Europe and North America and then spreading to other races. The population of Canada, Western Europe, and the United States uh, will be decimated more rapidly than on other continents until the world's population reaches a manageable level of 1 billion, which is, uh, of which 500 million will consist of Chinese and Japanese races, selected because they are the people who have been regimented for centuries and who are accustomed to obeying authority without questions. Uh, now this passage purportedly, according to this fact checker comes from the book conspirators hierarchy, the story of the committee of 300 by a Dr. John Coleman. And (laughs) lo and behold, uh, let me find the passage so I don't fuck it up. Uh, just add it. Georgia Guidestone says double thought, and right he is. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of too. Uh, the sorry, here it is. The U.S. Central Intelligence Agency, or the Cox and Acid, published a copy of the book here after it was found among the cachet of documents during the 2011 raid on Osama bin Laden's ca- uh, compounds. <laughs> <laughs> did you see that coming? I yeah. did not. If I can wipe my eye. Neither out. did I. Yeah. Damn. Oh, here's a. Uh, and, That's and, a tie-in. You know, motherfucking CIA.gov posted the book, and now it's featured in the chats. <laughs> yeah. Just where it belongs in the green room. Thank you so much. Committee of three hundred. Hussein D's nuts. Uh, oh wow, this is nice. Yeah. I can't wait to crack into this later. So much uh, light reading to. Uh, <laughs> to, to dip into. 
reading, which leads you down all the rabbit holes, all of them. Mm-hmm. And all the fun holes. <laughs> but you know what? They don't actually, they don't make any argument that uh, of whose uh, Klaus's lineage runs back to. They don't mention mm-hmm. anything in this uh, fact check report. No, it's a straw man argument. They 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 distract you with something else and put something else up and say, see, but they don't actually address what we're addressing. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Just obey the facade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a little uh, bait and switch, whatever, and nobody talks about his family. Where'd this guy come from? Who is this guy? What has this guy ever accomplished in his life? Why does he get to go around telling everybody what to do all the time? And uh, funny enough, we've always heard the meme of, well, the elites are buying up a ton of land in this one specific island country that they're going to bug out to. What country would that be? America? (laughs) We're not an island. (laughs) This would be the (laughs) neighbor of Australia, New Zealand. Oh, uh, Oh, geez, you don't want to go there. Lo and behold, this image, I guess, was originated by a New Zealand-based feedbook user. So is this a psychological operation, perhaps? What would ever give you that idea? Who knows? Uh, They also, this uh, 1992 book, uh, the one we're talking about, what was the name of it? Uh, Conspirator's Hierarchy. Uh, also falsely attributes the passage to the book The Open Conspiracy Blueprints for a World Revolution written by the English author H.G. Wells. Mm, my boy. So H.G. Wells was on the pulse long yeah, before was. anybody knew what the pulse really <clears throat> was. Yes, he really was. He, he knew a lot of stuff. He called a lot of stuff. Wow, that's some crazy shit, man. Yep, staying funky, keep on rocking in the free world, etc. Uh, yeah, they anyway. have they have a lot of buzzwords in that the article that you were reading from Booberry, and um, that creates some rich imagery. I guess you could say that about any really piece of good writing, but it really stands out. Mm. Just makes you stand at attention, I think, mentally. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> This is all fucking fascinating and like, you know, that they, that they would try and fact check and just like leave this little, uh, oh, what's the word? It's like a, it's like a little, it's like a chocolate on your pillow in a hotel. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. It's a special little treat. Do you want me to mute that train or what? Yeah. Listen to that horn. Oh my God. Listen to that (laughs) horn. Oh my God. Listen to that horn. Whoa! <laughs> you know what? You know Let's I want to take the that. moment. Oh, you can mm-hmm. scream it all you want. Scream! Oh, do we have? Oh, scream mails? Or isn't there another scream mail? Let's see. Or did I cut you off? I don't want to cut you off. Oh, oh. I was going to take the moment to hit this BT if if there's the train coming through. Ah, uh, yes, it is rolling on through, rattling those rails. I love the sound of those rattling rails. Let me tell you. Rattling, rattling, and rattling. Any more scream mails? Well, perhaps, we, mayhaps. We got two. I can hit you with a shorty. Yeah, yeah. Unless you want a shorty. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, shorty Barry Gordy. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh shit! Fucking feral. 
Oh yeah, that was yeah. primal, primal feral. I was just Hot like, scream. Yeah. I just like, uh. I got this image of the collar just like digging into his chest, and he's like rendering his flesh in two as he bursts R- forward yeah. with this uh. furry chest, yeah. ripping into ripping into pieces flesh. and tatters. Yes. Tearing, yes. tearing his sinew asunder. Dripping <laughs> blood as he trudges his way towards his next victims. <laughs> that's right. Who's oh. next? Wow, that's a, that's a real bloodthirsty scream. Thank you, caller. Yeah, that's a real primer. That right there. We gotta yeah. have that. More of that. Nice. You gotta get Give to your... the gym with that one. Just play that over and over at the gym. Just like, Primal ah. screams. Get the adrenaline pumping. Well, nobody you, makes me bleed my own blood. Uh, do we have any other final thoughts on Klaus, or should we close this book for tonight and head I over to? That's enough for Klaus. Uh, I might do a little follow up on him if I can get any more information. And if you have any information, feel free to send it to me at lavishblast at gmail dot com. But otherwise, yeah, fuck Klaus, fuck Klaus Schwab. Eat the bug, motherfucker. You can eat the fucking bugs, old man. I will fuck the bugs, and I will be happy. You will fuck the bugs, and the bugs will be so happy. Get to your bug munching and hope you don't get any of those feelers and antennae in your teeth. Your teeth. Mm. Well, hey, Booberry, you know what uh, the president knows more than anything, though, you know. What's the president know? He knows roaches. Oh, yeah. I learned a thing or two about cockroaches. He knows roaches. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. You remember that one? It was when he said uh, it was the pool and the hairy legs. My legs, they glow. They get blonde in the sun. You remember that? <laughs> it's been a while, but I have a vague recollection. Hmm. Yeah. Let me think. Well, How about, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a hard one to forget. <laughs> well, Jonah's roaches. So. Do you, you think? Go. Do you think Biden drinks roach blood? Oh. And he bring. He drinks. <laughs> he drinks baby's blood. Yeah. 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 Except, except that they bleach it and then they make it into ice cream to give to him and all his staff. That's oh, right. Wow. Blood ice cream. Wow. Yeah, he's he's got blood treats. That's yeah. blood treats for the whole staff, for a whole cabinet. <clears throat> Slightly yeah. horrifying. It's got to be well and very typically ritualistic. So <laughs> yeah, Joe likes veal, if you know what I mean. Oh, gee, hmm, hmm. What could you be mm. referring to? <clears throat> Nothing. <laughs> Only if he can grope it. <laughs> God. Come here, let me sniff you. Oh yeah, hey, and sniff here. it. Yeah, that's and right. Kiss that's, you. It's part of his repertoire, anyway. oh, his predatory repertoire. Oh, look, the kid is struggling. Biden leans in and says, Em, stop, done. And most of oh. them come with a phone number. <laughs> oh, God. And that phone number would be? 612-263-SXXY. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. That's right, 612-263-7999. 612-263-SXXY. Why not call in and leave us another scream mail? Anytime right. at your will, give us what you got. And uh, what do you have for clippage tonight, Corcus? Clippage. Well, let me tell you this clippage. So, first of all, let me give some props here to 
the one, the only, the legendary John Fletcher who did guide me towards this guru. And I am not exactly sure how to pronounce his name. Forgive me. It is S-A-D-H-G-U-R-U. I'm going to post that in the chat. And oh, I, so I can try and get my hand yeah, up saying it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, let me tell you what I have learned from one of the videos that I have watched and really thought about in depth, which is he's talking to a class of uh, hopeful students and, well, maybe not scholars, but academics. And he was given a question which asked about the possibility of healing with crystal energies. And I sent you some clips. I sent you five clips, Booberry. Hopefully you got those. Mm -hmm. You've gotten those. And I would like to ask you to start with... um, is peace the ultimate goal, the very first one? Because this will give us an opener as to what he, how he addressed it and the way that he went about this because he, he really commanded their attention. He delved much deeper, I think, than expected. Can you play that, please? Human life is made in such a way, particularly human life. For all the animals, nature has fixed clear-cut path, what they can do, what they cannot do. Their lives happen within between two lines. They cannot go below that, they cannot go above that. Within that they live, that's why they look so sure and certain and they're peaceful. Once their stomach is full, they're all peaceful. Do you see this? Hello? Are you on talking terms with me or no one? (laughs) Do you see all the animals, once their stomach is full, they are peaceful. But human beings are thinking or they're being taught that peace is the ultimate goal of life. A buffalo, full stomach, he sits peacefully. And for you, that is the ultimate goal, what a shame. (laughs) What a buffalo can do with a stomach full of grass or whatever else he eats, you have to hold it as the ultimate goal. Is it not a shame, I'm asking you? But (laughs) this is being thought like this, peace is the ultimate goal of your life. But coming to more fundamentals, if you are not peaceful today, can you enjoy your dinner today? Hmm? No. Can you just enjoy walking down the street? Can you enjoy the company of a few people around you? No. If not ecstatic, at least you must be peaceful to enjoy anything in your life. So I am asking, should it be the first step in your life or the last step in your life? Such people will only rest in peace. Wow. (laughs) Mm. Yes. Is that anything that you might want to dive a little deeper in? What do you think? I think so. Uh, (laughs) He just naturally flows in the way that he interacts with the audience really engages them. And it's not that I want to highlight the, you know, necessarily the way that he speaks as much as what he's saying, but it just goes to show that he really does understand and he's not just up there to sell. And it made me think there's, there's four more clips and right off the bat, I also want to thank uh, Fletcher because he cleaned up those clips 
he clipped them, and I, I have to give him props. Thank you. Thank mm. you very much, Fletcher. Job lost uh, to he can, Mr. Yeah. John, Sir John Fletcher. <laughs> he, yeah, he is the clip commander. It is true, <laughs> through and through. <laughs> commands so, that shit. Wherever yeah. you'll see clip, you'll see that face. Yeah, so That's that right. said, um, these clips were cleaned up and mastered, and it just really illustrates the voice, and you can hear the tones in which he's speaking with them and to them. And if I did link the video in the chat, it's a YouTube video. And from a simple question asking about what wearing gemstones can do for you or how, you know, his opinion on that, I, there's four more clips. I'm not going to go right from clip to clip, but they're, they're so impactful to me, they were very impactful just listening to him in that short video. I think it's 13 minutes, 46 seconds, so it won't take up too much of your time. But it's one of those that I had to keep replaying and replaying because listening to the full length of it and what he's really saying, you can tell that this is somebody that, you know, this is somebody, he's a guru, but not just a, you know, a self-titled one. You could see the the looks upon the audience and it made me think I just closed my eyes and listened and I felt resonating with it because this isn't just about what I feel or how an audience hears it. He's really touching on issues which affect every, everybody, every being, no matter what your background, no matter what your region, nothing, nothing, nothing about you can change what it's like to be in the human condition and the experience of what we're seeking and what we believe is our purpose. And he touches on that even further um, with, can you please play the third clip, Booberry? I'd like everyone to hear this. This mm -hmm. is excellent. But with the human being, the problem is, or people seeing it a problem, any, pro any possibility if you do not explore that possibility, in your eyes it looks like a problem. What is a problem is always a possibility, isn't it? You don't like it? What is a possibility? If you do not explore it, if you do not realize what is a possibility, it seems like a problem to you. So, do inanimate things have impact on you? Yes, if you allow it, because this is the human predicament that who you are is not determined by nature, it is left open for you. Left open for you means you are the only creature on this planet who's been given the freedom to shape your own life. Is it a small thing? This is a product of millions of years of evolution that today after all these creatures from a single-celled animal, after these millions of forms, here we are sitting, this is the only creature which can shape its own life the way it wants. Every other creature has to live by the laws of nature. We can shape our own lives. It is this freedom that human beings are suffering. If you're suffering your bondage, it's all right. If you're suffering your freedom, you're a disaster, isn't it? Hmm? Hmm? You're suffering your bondages, you're chained to something, you're suffering that understandable. But you're suffering because you're free. Most human beings are suffering because they're free. 
They're always trying to bind themselves to something or somebody all the time because freedom scares them. Because freedom is a pathless path. Freedom is an open terrain, there's no fixed line. Because there is no fixed pathway, most people feel terrified. But the highest value in human life is freedom, isn't it so? That pairs well with the uh, opener that we had. <laughs> Indeed it does. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, you know, I could, I could imbue all of my thoughts on this, but I'd really like to hear how that affects you when you hear it. Do you have any immediate thoughts on that? Because I can tell you it gave me all kinds of vibrational resonance just listening to it, thinking about it. Uh, it's made me think of a couple of different things. Um, <clears throat> uh, there's the classic uh, Kill a Kill clip that No Agenda plays, the fear mm-hmm. is freedom, subjugation yeah. is liberation. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I do, I, I like the way in that first clip he defined that uh, the animal order, they live within these predefined two separate lines and they can't go uh, below this line, they can't go above this other line. When they go from point A to point B, their entire lives. Whereas uh, with mm-hmm. this idea of human consciousness, uh, there's certain there's certain abilities that have been granted to people where they're able to exercise f- different freedoms to sort of shape the person that they become. They are shaped by the people that they surround themselves by. They're shaped by the events that they live through. And it causes all sorts of weird, jagged, topsy, curvy, flip-flop lines that we just kind of bounce through our Mm -hmm. entire lives. And uh, maybe that's that's the goal of the World Economic Forum is to create two rigid lines that we can't go below and we can't go above and we just go from point A to point B with bellies full of bugs. (laughs) Insectoid. Insectoid nutrition. Well, it's... It's, it's a very fine point because I hadn't thought quite about that, but that really does fit in with the freedom of slavery, what you were referring to, because mm-hmm. that's not something I've ever really heard before or thought about, how we're trying to attain freedom. And it made me think that it made me realize what he's saying there. And if you think about it, you will come up with your own understanding, your own interpretation But to really think about that says so much about, I think, us as a species evolutionarily, if that is a word. Mm. I'm making it one now because this need to attain higher and higher and higher is noble and it seems like that's the right track. But what is the right track would be up to you, would be up to what feels right for you. And it further illustrates just how much just how much we're brainwashed, just the extent to which we are told and programmed what to believe and how to really grasp everything in our surroundings or the way that society is and civilization and how it should operate is based on these limitations and that there's nothing wrong with 
wanting to necessarily ascend, yet also, can you just be at peace and mindful? And he really made me think about that. You know, he really elicited these thoughts inside me and the realization that, yes, it's it's important and it's wonderful to want to evolve, to want to ascend, to want to improve and elevate your consciousness or your mind or maybe your status is all that's important to you. However, how much of that is making you stressed how, or how much of that is really informed by what you were taught or conditioned and led to believe? It really puts it into perspective. Um, there is another one. If you would please uh, play... Number four, clip number four, I would appreciate that. I'm asking you a simple question. Being on this planet, do you have any proof that you are not already in heaven and making a mess out of it? Huh? Do you have any proof? Suppose you took off from this solar system and looked down at this solar system, whatever these twelve, fourteen planets and satellites and works, does planet Earth definitely look like a heavenly body among all these? Yes or no? So you are already on heaven and making a mess out of it and now you want to go to another heaven. <laughs> this culture does not value heaven, does not value God, values only freedom. We want to be even free from the creation and the creator. Mukti, moksha is the ultimate value. Because this is not a philosophical value, this is not a religious value, this is something every life is longing for. Only thing is, most human beings are short-sighted that they long for it in installments. Did you imagine getting up to the pearly gates and St. Peter was like, sorry, I gotta see proof of vaccination <laughs> to enter? <laughs> <laughs> or if you took a test today. Yeah. And we can test regularly here well, up in heaven. They're not that strict. It's a test within 72 hours. And it takes all 72. Yeah. It takes 71 and a half hours to get your, your to get your test back. If you can even find a place that's open in purgatory, I mean, fuck, have you been there recently? Yeah, the, heaven's been out of shit lately, actually. You can't really, the stocks of, the, the shelves have been, uh, yeah. This <laughs> they they is, got I, the printed posters on the shelf. <laughs> God's like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. We'll get it soon. I promise. Enjoy, enjoy this uh, lovely artistic memorabilia. It won't be here for long. So, yeah. <laughs> They're not for sale, by the yeah. way. God was like, yeah, they used to swim up to me in the pool and they'd rub the hair down on my legs and they'd watch the hair turn blonde in the sun. <laughs> God oh, no. knows roaches. He really got them. that on the brain tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's very Satan-y. <laughs> it is. It's very Satan-y. But, uh, I love these clips, Quirkess, uh, and, and to me, what I, yeah. what he seems to resonate is what Phone Boy mentioned in the chat as well, which is, uh, fear and, and, and seeing what do you want? Do you want to be free or do you want to be safe? And what, how much does your fear dominate what you do and, and how you live mm -hmm. your life? And it's, it's very, scary to to go into the unknown i mean that's the whole yeah. basis of lovecraft right is that yes. the most the most terrifying thing of all is what we don't know the unknown is fear of the unknown the most fear potent the uh exactly. potent fear of mankind is and so uh, even when we have something that is evil or hurts us 
mm-hmm. but we know it and we're familiar with it, that to, to a lot of people can be much more comforting and much more inviting than starting fresh and going off and going into the unknown. And that applies to all kinds of things, I think. But, um, yeah, do, do you fear people don't sit around and eat a big meal and sit around content because they're afraid that no. they're wasting time or they're afraid that they're, you know, they're insecure, that they're insufficient in some way. They need to make money. They got to pay some bills. They got shit to do. They got kids. They got, they need to learn something. They got to, they got to work on something. That's, that's what, that's the difference. And that mm-hmm. I think is a fear. A fear yeah. of being yeah. inadequate or a fear of falling behind or of right. not being reliable or And look, look how that, yeah, and look how that worked where an overabundance of an overstimuli and heavy programming actually created more depravity and suffering and all within mm-hmm. the construct of us that we do absolutely can affect our lives and that we create heaven and hell. It is not necessarily an external realm as much as it is all within our perception. Hence mm-hmm. why you keep hearing me go back to when I first heard, and I know it's, it's maybe passe to some people, but perception is reality and vice versa is what I say. And it works both ways. It's interwoven in a way that always makes sense to me. And what he's saying here is really embrace that question just as some of the greatest sages have been teaching us and have been guiding us to do keep questioning is this really what you want or is this what you were programmed to want does that really exist for you or simply a belief system that you have adopted because that's you know that's what you know survival within the pack pack mentality gang mentality you don't want to be on the outskirts you don't want to be the outcast and left alone to you know fend for yourself and 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 die of any any you know matter of and manner of ways in which you're not prepared to without the protection of the pack so this natural sort of you know what we consider a, a survival um mechanism ends up working against us because it's used in such a way to weaponize belief systems and thoughts um, and our perception. And so it heeds us. Mm, that's not the word I'm looking for. I'm sorry. It behooves us. Yeah, behooves. I was thinking behooves. Thank you for that, Lavish. It does behoove us, but I think we should heed more of embracing discovery and I'm sure I've said all this before, but <laughs> he just really got me thinking about it. Um, and uh, there's there's another bit here which he addresses what he knows is, uh, I would say, predominantly on so many people's minds because it's something we were driven into. It's another form of slavery that we were driven into. That is clip number five. If you'd play that, please, Blueberry. Uh, before I play that, um, yes. there was a phrase that pays that just kind of came to me and mm. it's that the COVID-19 pandemic has been hellish for a lot of people. No doubt. I don't think anybody can really argue that point. Indeed. But it's also been sickingly heavenly for a lot of other peoples mm-hmm. because now they get to live out their authoritative fantasies, you know? And their agendas, yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, you know. Ooh, the underside of a boot. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> but really, it's only heaven in their perspective of, you know, three-dimensional and mortal pleasures. They're still trapped. They trap yeah. themselves. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't argue that at all. They're shackled. They're shackled by what they what they believe is the height of pleasure and the height of, um, you know, megalomania. They're the most shackled of all. Uh, clip five, you say? Yes, please. Rusty Shackleford. <laughs> Only one left after this. Here we go. This is not about money. People think it's about money. People think it's about wealth, power, pleasure, love, knowledge. No. These are all different energy. currencies. Essentially, you're looking for expansion because you feel suffocated. If we keep you in the same place for too long, you feel suffocated, you want expansion. You want to be something more all the time. Yes or no? Always something more. Will you settle with fulfillment? No, you will look at the other planets, you look at the new galaxies. So there is something within a human being which wants to expand limitlessly. That means it wants to be free, nothing else. Looking at this carefully, observing the nature of the life within that it wants to expand in a limitless way. The only thing it is longing for is to become boundless. That means it's seeking freedom. That is why in this culture we established the highest value is mukti or moksha which means liberation or freedom. Not heaven, not… because heaven is just another place. Maybe little better accommodations, but same trouble after some time, isn't it? God. <laughs> just keeps going deeper, doesn't he? Yeah, mm. naturally so. He just is going with the flow um, on that one. And you know that he hit a nerve there, I really feel. And it's, it's clear, you could just hear kind of the relief laughter to it all. Um, him addressing what is currencies and what currencies, what various forms of currencies there are. And it really can make you think about that in a way of, yeah, you know, if, if we're going to adopt currency and we're going to live and die by a currency, how can we switch? How can we switch from the enslave, you know, the enslavement of what serves those who wish to control us? into that which we truly resonate with, that which we truly feel in tune and in sync with, and how can you break free from that? How can you really grasp something as a currency when it's not serving others? That is essentially what we know as currency. As we're trading, we are you know, giving something in return for goods, but what about a currency that you just adopt into your life, which is just a continuous reward. And it's not just mutual because it's not two-sided. It embraces all the realms. It affects everyone. That type of currency, spiritual currency, consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> it's magnificent. And I, I just wanted to share that. Um, I'm very grateful that, uh, Fletcher guided me to this this guru and uh, helped him with the clips, but there's just one left, and I really think that this is a uh, very pertinent for those who have ever looked at the planets and wondered just how much they affect us, and the moon especially, which is magical and beguiling and mysterious and alluring in so many ways. No matter what you believe about it, 
the, you know, the way that the planets affect us, especially the one that we inhabit, not our planet, just the one we're on, but really embracing everything out there as, well, a symphony, a symphony of cosmological energy in which we not only are inside of, but interact with far more than we could ever imagine. Could you please play that first uh, clip there? I'm sorry, that's the second clip, Booberry, and that is the last one. Thank you. Percent of your body is water. You think it won't rise at all? It does. So, I don't know if you're conscious of it, but in India, most people are, not only in India, in anywhere, wherever there are mental asylums and things, they are conscious of it. On full moon days and new moon days, people get exaggerated levels of disturbance in their minds. So people think new moon and full moon will cause madness. No, that's not the truth. If you're very loving, full moon day you will become more loving. If you're very joyful, on a full moon day you will become more joyful. If you're a little crazy, you'll get little more crazy. Whatever is your quality gets little hyped on that day. So those who are romantic, they want full moon day. Those who want to meditate, they want full moon day. Those who are a little mad, they don't want full moon day. <laughs> Essentially, it's hyping things up a little bit. Of course, today there is another kind of textbook science which is going on, which doesn't observe anything except what happens in the laboratory. These people are going on saying, this is all rubbish, this, that. No, if you pay attention to your own body, you will know without looking up, without looking at the calendar, you will know when is full moon day, when is new moon day by yourself, simply if you pay su sufficient attention to your own system because it's visible in your system. Certain behavior is there. <laughs> moon day, and he, sa he says it, uh, it sounds kind of like uh, moan day a little bit, but uh, moon day. Yeah, I got yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> moon days. Getting to you to really think about all the phases in which the moon affects you and us. And it's, it's really undeniable. I mean, how it affects the tides is how it affects the water as we mostly consist of water, as does our planet. I'm sorry, the planet we inhabit. I don't like that possessive, so I, I, I'm going to change that for myself. I don't expect anybody else to adopt that, but. <laughs> Oh, the the moon, the moon, the moon. The moon is not the I, only one, so, but it's the one guess, we focused on the most. I, I, yes. I, I heard somewhere, I read so I don't know, I saw something that said that the eye of providence, which is the, the like Masonic eye, the, the eye that's on the, the back of the dollar the bill. The all-seeing eye. The yes. all-seeing eye mm -hmm. is the moon in the sense that the moon blinks as it waxes and wanes from new to full. The moon it blinks as an eye does and uh, mm. could p potentially be maybe the eye of the devil or the eye of the uh, the pretender, the not son, the, the, the false god, whatever you will. I, I thought that was interesting. So It is, or Gilgamesh or Ra. You know, mm. I mean, Ra is for the sun, the sun god, but it's and like a twin set, to us. Yeah. Right? And you have your Hades, you have your... The eye yeah. looking upon Ra, yes. Mm -hmm. And so that makes that makes a lot of sense. It's a good point that you bring that up because I never really thought about it in the form of blinking. But phasing is a kind of blinking. 
just that it's repeatable. It seems repeatable to us, but it does vary. It does change. It does evolve. And uh, many people have noticed changes uh, about the moon, great changes over the, you know, the last however many decades. And so you have to wonder, is it the moon doing that? Is it is it something external that's affecting it, a, a kind of terraforming from various uh, settlements that are purported to be in existence on the moon, or is it something that the moon naturally does, a kind of blinking? What do you suppose that could mean? If the moon blinks, what does that really mean? How does that affect, and how do we really perceive that? No, it definitely means you're being <laughs> <That's> watched. <laughs> well, yeah. if everyone disappears when I close my eyes, what does it mean when the moon closes its one eye? Do we mm-hmm. all disappear? <laughs> we blink out. <laughs> yeah, blink out. Uh, ten four, there, good buddy. Blinking out. That's a Texas uh, Texas uh, ten four blinking out there, good buddy. I just yeah, makes I, it sound. Uh, I don't know. It just sounds like it's the natural order. It's just the way it is. It's just the giant face in the sky watching us all with its one giant eye. The Cyclops is real, you know. Mwadib. Mm, Mwadib, the Let desert rat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the eye of Mwadib. And it does seem like an eye. It seems like it is sentient, the moon, you know? It's easy to attribute that mysticism to it and that magic and that personification, but it does. It breathes. It shines. It darkens. The moon's so hot. It the moon's so hot. Yeah, and and so delightfully cold and cool and comforting. Mm-hmm. On that note. <laughs> nice. Love the clips. Yeah, that was a fantastic yeah, find between the both you and uh, John Fletcher. Of Hog oh, Story yeah. fame. I, I give mad props to John Fletcher. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I love this sort of shit. Me too. Yeah. It's the best. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Did any other okay. uh, screen mails come in, I wonder? Did anything uh, pipe through? I don't know if we have any more screams, but mm. it looks like we might just have ourselves a dream. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. No okay. screaming this time. I want to share a dream I had, a, I had the other night. Um, oh. You, you might be interested in it. So, I was, I was in like this southern European village. I don't know it, it, really where it was or whatever. It just had that look about Frankfurt. it. Frankfurt. And, um, <laughs> it seemed like it was a long ass time ago also from the way the buildings and everything looked and the way the people were dressed. Um, so I was walking uh, down the, these, these streets, and I was asking everyone uh, to, to help me find cards. In the dream, that's what I was saying, cards. But in my mind, I was looking for tarot cards. Hmm. I just kept asking, like, cards? Cards? Where can I find some cards? Eventually, someone points me uh, down the street, and that's all they do. They just kind of motion down that way. So I walk, and uh, the obvious place they were pointing was this, you know, this little shop. With a blue door. I said, you know, not light blue or dark blue, just blue. I go inside there. It doesn't look, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. There are no skulls with drippy, waxy candles. There's, you know, no black cat. No, uh, nothing like that. Just a shop. I can't even really recall what was on the shelves. Just that everything, everything looked plain and normal. And, uh, I walk inside and, uh, 
the guy asked, you know, how can I help you or whatever? I asked for cards. And he motions like, hold on one second. And he goes behind this curtain. That's like a nice, big, thick curtain. Mm. And uh, he takes several minutes to come back. Um, but it's not the same dude that comes back. It's a guy with like a bald head and kind of like dark, sunken in eyes. You know, not like they're gone. They're just sunken in. Um, and uh, oh the guy looks God. familiar to me. And he like forcefully like slams the deck on the table. And uh, I'm looking at his eyes, and then he jabs an index finger down on the top of the deck and says, look, like real stern, like, look. And uh, I look down, and his finger is on the tower. Oh, my God. And then I woke up. Oh, my God. And then oh. right as soon as I woke up, I realized <laughs> it was fucking Aleister Crowley. That had his finger on the deck. Oh, oh that is a cliffhanger of what does doom. Fucking mean. <laughs> oh yeah. Ah, there's a scream. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Fletcher. Holy shit. Oh man, the tower. Alistair Crowley pointing the tower at you is uh not yeah, uh, not the best thing in the world. Dude. And the... aggressively, like, pay the fuck attention, motherfucker. Look, oh this is goodness. what? What does that mean? What does it mean? Oh my god, that was really intense. I can just imagine trying to, you know, go through the village and explore and see what you get, and then you go into this dark foreboding. I imagine. <laughs> oh, I can just imagine Fletcher. When you have interpretations of that, please share them. Please share oh them God. with us in the green room, with me, anybody. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Uh, what? The tower, what just for everybody know, just so everyone knows, is a, is a card that generally signifies something unexpected is going to happen. It's going to it's going to rustle your jimmies, and it's going to come out of left field, and it's going to be the end to something that has been established. Mm-hmm. And in, in most cases, if not all cases, it's the beginning of something new. So yes. it's uh, it's destruction by means of creation. Thank you. That's actually um, what I had hoped some either of you would illuminate because <laughs> it does. It is. It's true. It's not all about doom and gloom. Welcome to your doom. Like, <laughs> not necessarily just for a short period, but usually burning through shit that needs to be burned down. Exactly. So and like a it, phoenix, you yeah. rise again from the ashes. Yeah. So I would say fear not for the process may be painful and full of strife, but you will find that you have created a better life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the I mean, only way be stronger through, for it. the only way out is through. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Strength, strength in strife, strength in challenges. I would also light some uh, sage, though. Wouldn't you agree with us? <laughs> yes, indeed. Sage is the answer to so many questions of how to cleanse your life and uh, breathe it in deeply, because it will it will infuse you with another dimension of herbal medicine. Herbally infused dimension alcohol for me, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, naturally. Let right? us cheers. 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 I salute you. I'm going to clink you. Clink. <laughs> clink. 
I've clinked you. Drink up. Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> Cheers to you. Slancha. I believe. Salud. It's, mm. it's, I just find it so kind of fa- uh, flabbergasting that Crowley would seek him out in this dream because, I don't know, I, over the years I've just sort of settled on the idea of like, when you're dreaming of a specific person, you've made contact with them, whether they're here or not. Um, and just the way that he uh, highlighted the eyes, the eyes are a big thing for me and in, in my particular dreams. And mm. that's, uh, I like the blue door as well. I think that has significance. The blue yeah, door. It does. I'm glad store. that you brought that up because the blue door, well, was what the shape of the door was in. Was it in that typical, um, like upside down horseshoe of that time? Maybe I'm not even sure what time we're really talking about, not but sure. it did say village. So that makes me think sort of not pre civilization or anything, but yeah, so older, like medieval or post medieval mm-hmm. Europe, right? Wooden door and a shop like that. I mean, can you imagine coming face to face with Aleister Crowley in your dream and him, <laughs> him really drawing your attention in sort of almost an aggressive way to something which could strike fear in your heart? What a wonderful mm. way to start the day. Thank you for sharing that dream. Yeah, with nice Oscar. cup of oh. that in your, in your Joe. Yeah. Oh man. That one's going to be with me, and I didn't even dream it. Imagine what he felt like thinking about it oh. and uh, waking Fletcher's, up from it like, yeah. Fletcher says he's been seeking him out in the chat. He says he's been reading a lot about Crowley. Let me just say mm-hmm. to anybody who's looking into Crowley, if you're going to buy a book of the law, the book of law, don't have it sitting around in your house. Read it and then get rid of it. Burn it, yeah. preferably. Just whatever you do, don't have it sitting around. Get rid of that thing. Because uh, it won't do anything. It won't do any good. Just so, just so everyone knows. A little uh, PSA out there. Yeah, me. that's sound advice. Sound advice. Yeah. I, I don't think I I don't think you can go wrong with purging something that may bring darkness into your life, even if just for information and understanding. Go do the purge. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking out for you. you. You don't need that around. You just need. To- Get rid of that, and and I may or may not be speaking from personal experience. Just burn the book hmm. once you're done with it. Yeah, and but, what uh, book anyway. might you be referring to, Lavish, or or is that uh, is that very hush hush? No, it's the book of the law. It is the book of the law. You're referring yeah, directly. I thought you were kind of referencing it laterally. So mm-hmm. no, it's called mm-hmm. uh, it's an Egyptian phrase. You know, the the, the mm-hmm. idea was that he went into the the pyramids at Giza. And he meditated and fasted, and he came into contact with a um, a spirit, an Egyptian spirit, an ancient spirit, could be considered a demon. And this demon relayed unto him uh, certain texts and certain laws and certain things from beyond. And he wrote it down. Well, this is kind of fascinating because uh, Sister Seatsitter and I have been on that train where we kind of associate UFOs, aliens, being of the same material as uh, uh, angels and demons, maybe, or maybe just demons specifically. Right, right. And I just posted posted a link in the chats, UFO dreams and the tarot, Tower of the Tarot. Um, mm-hmm. I just, it's, 
I don't know. I'm I'm gonna That's wild. I'm gonna sit on this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna poke around some more before. Oh I, yeah, there's so much in there. We got to We could do a whole episode or several episodes just on Crowleyism and oh wow and uh, demons yeah, they, and mm-hmm. things of, of that nature. Oh, let us dive as deeply as we can, as long as we can. Indeed. Mm. On those on those topics, we could do many many shows. Right. I, I'm not even like talking about Crowley specifically. I'm just mm-hmm. before because I'm I'm just it's so bizarre. I'm just sort of uh, speechless. <laughs> yes. Tower of the Tarot, Jung, uh, Jung and UFO dreams. So this is a great site. Onerotarology. Onerotarologia. dot com. Jung. So yeah. Boy Carl. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know some people's opinions on Jung are are quite, let me just say, less than appreciative. But <laughs> it would still be good to get that kind of perspective from somebody who was actually exploring the psyche and exploring psychology, because those could be, you know, those could be attributed by people we not want to listen to, but they're still perspectives we can consider. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. He really got in your brain. He really got in your psyche, didn't he, Fletcher? Mm-hmm. Yeah, purge him out. Get him out. <laughs> he wants to strike fear into you. Do not yield. That's cool. Great. I think that's the first dream call we've ever had. Mm-hmm. It's I a, believe it's, so. It's a dream line now, as, as well as a scream line. So if you have any great dreams that you want to call in, you can call us. Give us your dreams at 612-263-799-9799. Tell us your dreams. Fill our streams with your screams and your dreams. That's Call right. Any time. Stream in the dream hole. <laughs> and uh, to make sure that you hear those calls that get made, uh, I, I think it's still kind of up in the air specifically for next Monday. We're going to be here in some capacity, but it might just be a chill night or hang out and. Uh, do some legal things on the stream. I got a mm-hmm. couple ideas of uh, stuff we can do. We'll see. Uh, just keep your eyes peeled on No Agenda Social, Mastodon, and all that goodness. And the reason why we're going to be lax on Monday is because Sunday we will be, this will be this Sunday, this coming Sunday, uh, on the 5th of December, yes. we will be doing a live behind the scheme oh. show directly after No Agenda. Which should Ooh, be yeah. ending around twelve one ish on Sunday. Oh, yes. So we'll be following that up and we'll be doing that live. Super exciting. Are you pumped? I'm Very stoked. Excited. Psyched. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna yeah. be so lit. I, I don't even I can't wait. It's just gonna be another level. And yeah, we're not gonna be quite so nocturnal that day, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're all gonna have to get up early that day. It's gonna be weird <laughs> doing this the show with sunlight out. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll have to start drinking real early. Oh, no, not the day you're <laughs> drinking before the No Agenda Post show. Yeah. It's okay, it's Sunday. Just nothing but we, shots. <laughs> thank you, Sir Bemrose, for approaching us. Yes. And, uh, yeah, big shout out to Sir Bemrose. Oh, yeah. We'll have him listed in the show notes as a freak of hazard for sure for that yeah. episode. And um, yeah. Yeah, and if you're listening next Sunday to, to No Agenda, then stay tuned afterwards, and you'll hear a live episode 74, Behind the Schemes. We're excited. 
And before I play this playout music, we had one last freak come through. Oh, yeah. Coming in clutch. And this one, these always bring me a a tremendous amount of joy. I'm always Mm -hmm. excited when he sends one our way. But Tunta sent in an original tune. Oh, yes. Thank you, Tunta. Thank you, Tunta. Original music. This is yeah. this is going to be excellent. And we'll uh, we'll play that after our playout music. And that playout music is going to sound a little like this. I thought this is a pretty kick-ass episode. Me too. Really good time, y'all. I'm excited to see what happens. Wholeheartedly agreed. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait to follow up the boys on Sunday. It's going to be real, man. You'll be like, who in the fuck are these assholes? (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be like, us. It's us. Oh, yeah. But be sure to head over to noagendastream.com and check us out there. And until that Sunday, I'll be Booberry, Mothman of the Miniocalypse. And I have been inevitably, indubitably, lavish. And I have been your resident alien creature. Well, that remains to be seen. Quirkass, thank you so much for listening in. Until next time. Adios, mofo. This show is behind the shim 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 <laughs> behind the schemes with threes as ease. Find us at behindtheschemes.com with threes for ease. Or loveislit.com. <laughs> live and leave a stream mail. 612-263-SXXY. And run a porn site on our show. Esoteric punk rock conspiracy curiosities starting with second half of show and ending with second half of show. I'm the public radio now. <laughs> Lavish also has a buttery voice. Much food, much conspiracy, much punk. BYO3DG. Sponsored by Pfizer. This is Behind the Schemes. The esoterica of your dreams. Lord of your heart.
Yeah.